Welcome to episode 11 of the Moving the Chains podcast. This is Reek. I'm here with my co-hosts, Jake and Dane. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, obviously, well, this is a Tuesday night, and it is 8.15 Eastern time, and about 20 minutes ago, the news broke that Jalen ran. Jalen Ramsey was traded to the L.A. Rams. Now, before we get into that, this is also worth noting that earlier today, Aqib Tlaib was placed on IR and they traded uh, cornerback Marcus Peters to the Ravens for linebacker Kenny Young. So fast forwarding to now, now that we know that they got Ramsey, they sent two first round picks and a fourth round pick. I wanted to get some of you guys' analysis of that trade. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. So uh, this was obviously in the making for quite a long time. I mean, Jalen Ramsey has been asking out of Jacksonville for about a month now. So this was kind of expected, but I don't think we expected the Rams to be big players in on Jalen Ramsey. You were hearing about the Chiefs. You were hearing about the Eagles. You were hearing about the Cowboys. But I don't think anyone ever really mentioned the Rams. So the Rams kind of snuck in like the wild card and, you know, just stole an all-star cornerback, you know, out from under the noses of every NFL team. Obviously, it was a pretty hefty sum, but uh, this is the type of play that, you know, Super Bowl winning teams and, you know, playoff teams make because this is a guy that will shut down your number one receiver week in and week out. Um, Obviously, it was for, you know, a big price, but I think this was a good move for the Rams because, I mean, to be honest with you, it's been a long time since they've had a shutdown elite corner. I can't really remember the last time they had one because I wouldn't say Aqib Tlaib really fits that bill at the moment, given his age and his injury history. I'd say his prime years were in Denver. So uh, to get a young cornerback with just, I mean, a lot of uh, potential upside, I mean, that's huge for the Rams. Well, to answer, you know, not that you asked the question, but I think the last time the Rams actually had a legit shutdown corner was Anus Williams, and that was back in the day. I was going to say, way back in the day. Yeah. Decade and a half ago, man. Almost two decades ago. um, So that's what I was thinking. He he came to mind, and uh, I don't 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 think Adam Archuleta was a safety. He was a safety, I believe. Archuleta was nice. Um, But yeah, I can't really think of one. Now, they just had good corners since then. But I will say this, though, before I get into the Ramsey part of the equation, that with Marcus Peters being traded to Baltimore, I will say Marcus Peters is actually having one of his better years in the NFL as far as, like, just not getting, you know, burnt every single play. Like, one thing, Marcus Peters has had, like, this weird career because as far as forcing turnovers and returning them, that's, that's, he, he's, he's Hall of Fame worthy right there. But as far as, like, consistently playing from snap to snap, he has some up and down moments, and he's had that. But he's done pretty well coverage-wise, you know, according to PF- PFF this year. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he fits in in the Baltimore scheme because, let me tell you the truth, Baltimore secondary isn't good. They've taken yeah. massive steps back this year, as far even including their front seven, but especially the secondary. And it's going to be interesting to see how they play him in there because he's talented enough to play man and zone. The, ball, the Ravens are going to play more man, but Peters flourishes way more in zone. Yeah, It helps him more. You know, don't let the interception numbers fool you. That's not a result of just shutting down a receiver and, you know, taking the ball every time. So it's going to be interesting to see how they use him there, though. But as far as Jalen Ramsey goes, I much like Jake, it was very surprising because I don't think they were ever linked into it. And my thing that confuses me more is, you know what? Yeah, they gave up two first-round picks. And when you look at, say, uh, 
what the the um the Texans gave up for Larry and Tonso, it still doesn't seem like enough. But two first round picks, but now they have to pay him. And now I'm just kind of wondering, like, how do you fit in paying Jared Goff the most guaranteed money in NFL history? You paid Ty. You got Jared Brandon Goff, Gurley, Aaron Donald, Brandon, like, man. Brandon Cooks too. Yeah, you got Brandon Cooks got paid. I'm in cap room hell here soon. Exactly. You know, Cooper Cup, what is this, his third year, right? So he wouldn't, you know, he, he wasn't drafted in the first round. So you don't get him for five years. You're going to have to pay him eventually soon, too. So I'm just kind of like, where are they getting all this money from? But you know what? If, if it helps, it'll help. You know, they need a shutdown player back there in that secondary. You know, when you got the defensive front that you have, and eventually Clay Matthews will come back from injury. He's He's been stellar for them this year because for once in his life, he's not having to be the first option. He's really more so the third option. And all of his sacks that he's gotten has become it's been because of something that Aaron Donald and Michael Brockers has done. So that's why I like this defense now. It it it, it could help, but you know ultimately this team comes down to Jared Goff, and he's been playing like crap. And I know we that that's really just what it comes down to. It's nice that you added the corner back there, but you know it. Once again, if your your quarterback stones for seventy eight yards, does it really matter who you're shutting down? Does it? I don't know, but we'll see how it plays out though. Yeah, and, and that's kind of where I was headed with that too. Yes, this is a good trade. You, you, anything you can give to get a player of that caliber, it's you know you do it. But at the end of the day, the Rams that doesn't fix the inconsistency of the Rams' offense so far. It doesn't fix the quarterback play because this is a quarterback lead at the end of the day, and golf is not playing well as of the last three games. We've all seen it, so. I don't know how this fixes their offense, but on the defensive side of the ball, of course, it's going to be a bonus to add a player of that caliber. Um, Josina Anderson also said that uh, no contract parameters have been discussed, so I do wonder how that's going to play out as well. It's going to be interesting at the end of the season for sure. I wonder if they put the franchise tag on them, or I don't know how that's all going to play out, but all in all, it's definitely a trade they should have made. Um, not going to sit here and lie to you. As an Eagles fan, I'm very frustrated because we that should have been a trade that we ha- should have made, considering the fact that it does. people look at draft picks a little differently than I do, I guess. The fact of the matter is the Eagles don't draft well, so, like, why would it matter? <laughs> like, why would it matter to give up two firsts? Like, it, What's the point of keeping those draft picks if you're not going to hit on any of them? We've only had one pro bowler since 2013 that we drafted. So it's not like things are necessarily looking up from our scouting department. Maybe we are good at scouting, but drafting is a a totally different monster from from Holly Roseman. So I think that's another thing that us Eagles fans have grown um, to be frustrated with. But I try to keep the personal thing out of it, but it's just kind of hard to not – sit here and marvel at the fact that we haven't made a move to get a cornerback yet after they just watched Diggs and Thielen just put on a clinic against our cornerbacks. And I don't think the health, the worrying about if, if Mills and LeBlanc are going to come back to health, like I don't think that's going to matter. Like at the end of the day, we need a player that's going to come out and be a, a, a star, not somebody that's just going to be a, a solid role player. Like I'm, I'm tired of seeing that, but Back to the trade, it's it's a great trade, and they have a lot of pieces. I mean, they got Aaron Donald, Ty Gurley. Uh, they have a quarterback who they believe in. Um, they have top, a nice wide receiver, receiver set. In the league. Absolutely, yeah, 
Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, it all it all helps. They they're a really talented team. So we'll, I wonder how this is all going to tie together. I'm very, very curious. It's, it's all about that. making it work because on paper it seems beautiful. It seems like, you know, music to their ears. But, it, every, you know, it's the NFL. Any given Sunday, things can go wrong. Things don't actually pan out the way they, you know, actually want it to. So it's definitely going to be something that we're going to have to keep an eye on. Yeah. One other thing, it was kind of funny. Like last year when Dad got Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib and everybody was like, Oh man, that's like the best secondary in the league. They're like, we all see how that played out, and it really yeah. wasn't that. It wasn't all that like inspiring. So we'll see how this plays out. I, obviously, Ram- Ramsey is a better player than both of them. So yeah. But switching gears, this is a Tuesday night once again. Um, last night we watched the Packers at home against the Lions. Had to mention at home because of the missed calls. I don't know if that was something that. Was this because they favor the home team, or that's pathetic, or, or, or what? So, Jake, I'm, I'm, I know you have a lot of. I have a lot, lot to say. say. I have about a lot that, to so. say. Yeah. I absolutely do. So, first, I don't often feel bad for the Detroit Lions. Obviously, they're an NFC North foe. You know, I don't really care when they lose, but like, I was truly kind of saddened for them because they deserve that game. Um, this is a huge game, either way you look at it, because the Lions just went. You know, if they would have won that game, they would have been in first place in the NFC North. And now they're sitting in fourth. That is a massive game because this is not just a regular game. This isn't like an outside, you know, the division game. This is a division game. This game is going to matter down the road. And the Packers, I mean, just got handled this win by the officials. Let's be real. I'm not one to sit here. And I get this because a lot of listeners will say, oh, well, Jake, you're a Bears fan. Of course, you're going to hate the Packers. Of course, you're going to hate the Lions. Of course, you're going to hate the Vikings. And you're right. I do. I don't like them. They're my division rivals. But at the same time, like, I'm not going to let that bias and my hate for them get in the way of what's true. And what's true is the Packers got handed that victory last night. Either way you look at it, like even Packers fans were kind of, you know, like, OK, yeah, we snuck that one out. Like in no way did they deserve to win that game. You have two calls on Trey Flowers, the same call, hands to the face. Yet he had his hands around the man's jersey absolutely phantom oh, calls like absolutely just awful. crazy and you know like mm-hmm. i get it if this call was on first or second down but like these calls were important that last call was on third and five aaron Rodgers threw the football out of the end zone he was looking for a guy it was incomplete that would have made the packers kick the field goal with a minute 30 left on the clock the lions had all day with matt stafford to get down and get a field goal to win that football game. And they weren't granted that chance because Trey Flowers was absolutely robbed by the official with that hands-to-face call. You know what's actually funny? If you look at the clip, that hands-to-face call, um, it honestly could have been called on uh, the left tackle, David Bakhtiari. Because if you look at it, I don't know if anyone else caught it, but go watch that clip. David Bakhtiari has his uh, hands on Trey Flowers' face mask for two seconds. So not only did they call it on the wrong guy, they missed the call entirely on the guilty guy. So this is just a joke. I mean, you see like so much backlash and so much just like it's every week at this point. Like it's every single week there's a discussion of, oh, you know, here's the refs. They blew the call and then they come out the next week and they're just like, yep, yeah, we missed that one. It, OK, so instead of waiting till the game's official and, you know, teams records have been affected and, you know, outcomes have been altered, they need to get it right in the game. They need to have certain plays like that reviewable. 
in the final two minutes, you know, you cannot challenge. So in order to do that, in order to taking away the power from the coach, you're taking away the power from the coach. You do not allow any coaches challenges in the final two minutes. So in doing so, they should probably implement, I'm sorry, implement a rule which every single flag is reviewable. I know that may slow the game down, but that's going to prevent the wrong team from winning. Absolutely. And it's going to prevent a lot of issue going forward because this is just over and over and over. And I'm tired of seeing it, especially within my division. I see it with the <laughs> Packers. I see it with teams that are favored like the Patriots. It's just ridiculous. And I'm tired of it at this point. You have a guy like Barry Sanders, reserved, quiet, real classy guy on Twitter, stating his frustration about last night's game. That, that's when you know something's wrong. Barry Sanders is talking about it. I mean, yeah. people you're not really expecting to speak about it are speaking about it. It's time for the NFL to do something about this. And I know they won't. I, I know they won't. It's been, it's been so many times because they've had so many opportunities to get this thing right, get this thing going, you know, put, re, you know, put replay in the final two minutes or review certain flags, and they don't. They just choose not to, and I don't understand because their track record is not good. Their track record has been negative for years and years, and there's been so many blatant calls like the Saints call, this call. I mean, there's so many calls that you can just flash back to that are like, why were those even made? Or why was this not made? Like, it, it's, it's just really questionable at this point. And, like, I don't know. It's really frustrating as an NFL fan because it's out of our hands. All we can do is root for them. All we can do is watch the game. And that's why it needs to change because the guys who have the power to control the games are not doing their job. Point that That just goes into why people say – Try your best to not let the games get into the hands of the refs because and I want to fo- I want to follow up that point right there because coming from the person that actually picked the Lions to win the game and spent all weekend telling people how not that the Lions were necessarily for real, but this team was different because as you guys know, I was very hard on them and their stupid head coach. I'm not a Matt Patricia fan. I was very hard on them. And he's pleased me this year. This team has played better. Now, that's two games they've lost in the last minute. And that just reminds me that Lions fans are a snake-bitten franchise. But the honest truth about this is, you know what? Those calls definitely sucked, but you don't kick five field goals against Green Bay. There are certain teams, Green Bay, New England, New Orleans, field goals aren't going to win those games. And, that, and, that, and that's what really sucks for them because, if, of course, you guys know they started out the game going deep. They were trying to get the game over with real quick in the first quarter. And they had their chance. They went up 13-0. Next thing you know, it's 13-10. But kicking field goals, it's not going to win you games, man. They, and I know there was a play where uh, TJ Hawkinson specifically, he caught, uh, he caught a fade. He, you know, he caught the ball at the highest point. He came down with it, hit the ground, and then lost the ball. There was no confusion. Trust me, that was not a catch. But these are the plays that you have to make against these type of teams. You know, for all the, the struggles of the Packers offense that we talk about, Aaron Rodgers, at the end of the day, he might not be 2011 Aaron Rodgers. He might not be 2014 Aaron Rodgers. But he's still Aaron Rodgers, and he's going to be able to make plays. There was um, there were plenty of plays last night where you saw him sliding in between defenders, breaking the pocket, throwing the ball, running the ball. He's still He is still going to make plays, and you got to take advantage of those. And it really sucks for the Lions because – I won't say they deserve to win the game, though, but they deserve to have just as fair of a shot as the Packers had, and they didn't get that. And it's not just the calls that they made that they 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 fucked up. It's also the calls they missed. You know, you got Marvin Jones getting clothesline midair while running his route, and they didn't call it. It wasn't reviewed, and you know what? Matt Patricia probably should have challenged that, but does it really matter? I saw a stat earlier that said since week three, there has only been one overturned 
uh, pass interference challenge. The other 25 have stood as is. So it's like you're not going to get that call anyway, so I understand him for not doing it. But the it's just it's just bad. Like Jake said, you know, you get tired of hearing the refs come out on Monday and Tuesday morning. Oh, sorry, you guys, we missed this call. We'll try to it's get it right next time. It's the same thing over and over. Every it's week. Boy exactly. Wolf. It's just like, you, when are you going to stop it? Like, it's you need to, like, prevent it. We need to do something to prevent this instead of fixing it. Like, we're not going to be like, okay, well, let's work on our apology. Let's work on our statement after the game. Do it before the game. Do it so it doesn't happen. Prevent rather than do this. Like, it's just, it doesn't make sense at this point. You have high-grade NFL officials who still get these calls wrong. And I understand, like, they're human at the end of the day. But, like, come on. Those two calls right there are just beyond me. Like, you just, they're not, okay, so, like, you know, there's certain NFL calls where you're like, okay, well, that's kind of questionable. It's up in the air, like, pass interference. You know, it's never necessarily, like, a one-way street. You know, it's very debatable. You know, their pass interference is different from our pass interference. What we saw last night, it's it's not, there's no debate. Like, he had his hand around his jersey. So that's something that needs to be rectified. And I just don't get why we haven't done it yet. You see all these, you know, other major league sports with better replay systems. You know, even like uh, like tennis. Tennis has a better replay system. You know, basketball. Like, they have, like, these real precise, tedious replay systems. And yet the NFL, a billion-dollar business, has not implemented anything to do, just to fix the problem. I just don't get it. It's really a joke at this point. Like, I don't know. I could go on all day about this, but, like, at the end of the day, nothing I say is going to get changed. But, like, it's just a joke. It's a joke at the end of the day. You you guys all have taken the words out of my mouth, so I don't have, <laughs> have much to add to that. But I will say, um, since I'm into, like, gambling, per MGM, Book took a $185,000 bet on the Packers' money line versus the Lions to win 100 k from the source in gambling in a gambling industry, it's the same gambler that has bet large amounts at other books in three games. Cleet Blakeman's crew has officiated. Mm. I'm yeah, Cleet like, Blakeman is no, 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 no. Cleet Blakeman has definitely been behind a lot. I, okay, I'm not going to get into this whole conspiracy theory thing, but like there is definitely at the end of the day, we can all agree as grown ass adults, the NFL is a business before it's a sport. Yeah. If you have money, if you have pull, if you know the right people, you're going to get favorable calls. You're going to get favorable spots. You're going to get favorable everything because that's how the that's how the world works. I'm sorry. Like the money, money rules the world. Money, money rules businesses. Money rules sports. It's just how it is at the end of the day. So whether we like it or not, that's how it is. That's why the Patriots, you know, get all these favorable calls. That's why, you know, they're they're hush hush on these scandals and stuff. That's why you don't see many people facing, you know, all these like big charges like Robert Kraft Robert Kraft ran a damn sex par- parlor in Florida and what's he doing he's sitting in the press booth right now like for yep. the Patriots watching every game he you know what I mean because he knows yep. people like he it, at the end of the day it's about a business and like I mean I hate to say it like you know I'm not a big conspiracy theorist like in the day like I understand that's how it is but like come on like we we, we kind of know this is happening it's kind of obvious at this point because like these aren't questionable calls like pass interference or like you know the spot of the ball the dude had his hand around the jersey at uh, it's just, dude, like, come on. Anyone can see that. You don't have to watch football. You can literally walk up to some guy on the street, show him the clip of the video, Trey Flowers grabbing David Bakhtiar's jersey, and be like, hey, are his hands on his face mask? And they'll be like, no, of course not. It you doesn't know, take an NFL official to see that. You know, the fun- something else happened. Uh, during the Texans and Chiefs game, they showed a close-up of one of the refs, and he had like a... 
I don't know what you call that. Not not a ski mask, but like it's covering his ears or whatever. And like they were making the call on an interception or something that Mahomes had through. But he had like got some like I don't know, like somebody was like speaking through his Earpiece oh yeah, he's got an earpiece in his ear, definitely. And uh, you know what? I definitely believe that. And you know, and and the fact that they haven't been honest about it because, like you said, I know what play you're talking about because he put his hand up to his ear, yeah. like he was trying to push something in there so he could hear it. Yeah. And it's like, so you guys have you know earpieces in, and somebody's telling you guys what to do up top. And if this is the case for all the games, that makes them look even more incompetent because now you got somebody up top who's watching these games, who can see these calls, and they're continually helping you get them wrong. And I'm, I, that's why it's like, is anybody going to address this? You know, pro football talk loves to try to keep the uh, the fire under people and try to, you know, continually uh, get answers out of these questions. But I haven't really seen anybody talk about this. I listen to sports radio. It hasn't come up enough. It's like it, – it, it's not that this is serious, it's not like rules are being broken, but this really speaks to the incompetence of the officials altogether. You know, there was points in the game last night where I don't know the name of the rules rules expert that works for uh, Monday Night Football, but I remember a play specifically where uh, uh, Johnson, uh, the running back for the Lions, he fumbled the ball forward and it went out of bounds, I think. And the rules expert said one thing. The ref came back and ruled the total opposite. And then the rules expert was like, yeah, you know what? That's the right call because of blah, 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 blah. And I was like, wait a minute. You just said that it was this. It's like, are you guys here to justify everything they do, whether it be right or wrong and completely, you know, disregarding your opinion? It's just all a mess, man. It's all a mess. And I I don't see how I I, in in the short term, I don't see how it gets better in the short term, man. I don't. And, And that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not even like they're doing anything to, like, fix it. Sure, they made, like, the rules this year to where, like, oh, pass interference can be challenged, you know, like, you know, all this can be, you know, looked at, blah, blah, blah. But, like, that's not helping much because, yeah, you implemented it, but only one pass interference through seven weeks of football has been overturned. So, like, at the end of the day, like, what have you done to fix this league? At the, it's just nothing, nothing. You look at the statistics and nothing has been done to fix the league, to fix the calls. Every single week, you know, you listen to sports talk radio, you listen to sports shows, you listen to talk shows like First Take. There's always some type of controversial call. Yeah. Always, every single time. Whether it be the Cam Jordan and the Rams game, you know, whether they whistled the play dead, whether it be the Bashad Breeland fumble recovery against the Lions, you know, because they didn't whistle the play dead. Whether it be the, you know, the Bradley Chubb roughing the passer on Mitch Trubisky for the Bears Broncos, you know, and now Trey Flowers with two hands to the face. Like, there's always something wrong, and there's never something going right with this NFL, like, officiating crew. No matter what they do, it's always wrong. You look at the call, and you look at the replay a lot of the times, and you still get the call wrong. Mm-hmm. Like Golden Tate's pass interference that wasn't called last week against the Patriots. That man got mugged. Down the field two times. He got held and then he got jumped on. And not to mention, it was early. The ball wasn't even there yet. And he got and they, they looked at it and they still determined that it's not pass interference. Like, how do you do that? Is like it's beyond football at this point. It's just common sense. It's like, hey, ask anyone on the street, was this guy early to the ball? Yes. Did this guy have his hands on this guy's face mask? No. It's just like, I don't even know. Like, I just shake my head at this point because it's a damn joke. You know, one thing that nobody is talking about is the fact that the refs have already agreed to a new CBA 
until I believe 2023. That's quickly crazy. under the rug. Nobody's been talking about that. Plus, they hurry up and ratify that. Like, Can we get the robots in? Like, let's start the robot revolution, man. Like, get the robots in as refs. Like, I don't care at this point. Oh, oh, real quick, though, I want to piggyback off something that Jake said, and doesn't he have to do with the rest, like how you brought up Robert Kraft. I love any opportunity I get a chance to mention that Jim Ursay got a DUI, got caught with a bunch of pills, and come to find out, like a few weeks later, I believe, his side chick had died from the same drugs that he had in his car. I love to mention that because nobody else seems to, and trust me, this is all, this isn't me making up stuff. All you got to do is Google it. It's out there. Remember, he had just got a slap on the wrist himself. And so GMs don't get held. And I just, I just really thought about the GMs don't get held to the same standard as not another damn soul in the league. Like they, they don't, they get to do GMs, owners, they get to do whatever they want, you know? So that, I just totally forgot about that again. Wow. <laughs> that is crazy. It's, it's that, all, it's all about who, you know, and how much money you make. I mean, like I said, like at the end of the day, that's how the world works. So I'm not surprised the NFL works nor do i shame them for doing that because that's how businesses work that's how they're successful because that's just how it is but it, it, when it when it comes to compromising games and compromising your integrity and your character and costing teams games in the way that they did something's got to be done about it absolutely absolutely i think that ties into our next topic um just talking about the results of the game not necessarily what happened during it um the nfc is, is a very wide open conference as of right now. Um, what are you guys? What are you guys' best team in the NFC? What are you guys' thoughts on that? Um, Dane, I'll start with you. Well, see, I know we look. We're, we're, we're quick to look at the 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 undefeated 49ers or the Saints, which I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to go with the Saints, but let me finish this real quick. But I think the NFC is it, it's just stacked. Like when it's early in the season. There's not sometimes there's not much of a difference between being three and two and five and zero. Oh. All that sometimes comes down to just who you've played and how your schedule's gone this far. And right now, I have to go with the Saints because they've shown me how much of a complete team they are. And this is this is less about the Drew Brees injury as much as it's about the rest of the team stepping up. You know, you know, your defense Absolutely. has played great. Marshawn Lattimore has been shutting receivers down. Even Eli Apple. Look at the game in Seattle. That's a perfect example. First game, Teddy Bridgewater goes on the road to Seattle, and their special teams and their defense come out with 14 points to drive the board. That's an all-round win. That's what you need to do for a supporting QB. You know, he's not in there to throw for 300 yards and four touchdowns, which he did against the Bucs. I'm about to say, which he's doing it, though. He's doing it. He is doing it, but he's not expected to do that. So, like, when you're getting performances like that from your special team and your defense, I 100% agree. Like, the Saints are, like, the most complete team in the NFC right now. But but I want to I want to end that real quick though by saying we're gonna find out a lot about San Francisco in that division and whenever you have a defensive line with what is it four or five first round picks like they they've picked first round picks every year since what two thousand uh, uh defensive defensive line first round picks every year since what two thousand and fifteen I think and so like that's that defense is something special is is the 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 defensive front is so good that. Their, their, their secondary was a big weakness for them coming into the season, and now it's turned into, you know, basically another strength for them. You know, you got guys like Richard Sherman back there. Half the time when they line up, I can't tell you if Richard Sherman is playing cornerback or safety. Like, he, their, their alignments are weird, but they get after the ball. Everybody wants to tackle. And just the way they bitch the Rams, like – 
Look, I know, yeah. I, I know the Rams. Like I, I mentioned this on Twitter, I know a lot of things. I know the Rams have been stinking it up. I know Jared Goff has been low hanging fruit, but to get a quarterback to throw the ball what twenty plus times and to only get seventy eight yards, embarrassing. That all that it's embarrassing. But I think we should often give times to the, to give some credit to the defense as well. Because that's not yeah. common. Like, I think a bad game for Jared Goff, as we all imagine, would be what, like, 300 yards, three picks, a fumble, but maybe, like, three touchdowns as well. Not yeah. no darn 78 yards. Like, that's a, like that defense especially, you know, what? there's going to come a point in time where the 49ers are going to have to play a team where Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to win it. You're not going to be able to run for 183 yards every week. But that's when we're going to find out who these 49ers really are. But I, I, I'm sticking with the Saints right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm also gonna go with the Saints. Um, record-wise, though, it's looking like the 49ers might end up with the best record in the NFC. I don't know. Yeah, they do it, have a pretty easy schedule, early, so that obviously but helps. But just, just want to read off some of these guys' next such and such games. Um, they play the Redskins. They're at home against the 49ers. They play the Cardinals. Um, they play the they're at home against Seattle. They play the Cardinals again. Um, and then they're home against the Packers. Um, they're at the Ravens, at the Saints, home against the Falcons, home against the Rams, and then at the Seahawks week 17. So we could be talking about a team that's like 12 and 4. Um, I know like the Seahawks game stick out, the Packers and Saints game sticks out as well, but I mean, those are games that they're actually really winnable games for the for the 49ers. I mean, that that defense looks really good. And I'm not going to put in too much stock into, oh, they haven't played anybody yet because, I mean, you look at the Patriots, they're really the best team in football. And we all know that they haven't played anybody, but you can't control who is who's in a, on your schedule. So, um yeah, San Fran's definitely a sleeper team. I think that's a team that I really was not paying attention to in the offseason. You know, when I was doing my, like, projections for, like, records, I think I had the 49ers going, like, 7-9 or 8-8. Eight and eight. I wasn't thinking that this start would be possible. But mm-hmm. much credit to that team. Kyle Shanahan is great. The defensive coordinator is great. They, I mean, they got, like, they have so much like talent, and you know they have so much, fir- so many first round picks. DeForest Buckner, uh, Solomon Thomas is coming off the bench. Joey Bosa, like that. That's just that's a disruptive defensive front right there. So much credit to them, and I'm 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 excited watching that team moving forward. So, with that being said, it's time to get into Week Seven picks. Um, I don't know if it'll if, if, as far as like. Um, the games, I don't know what if it'll pass what we've seen from week six, but we'll see. But Thursday night, our first game, of course, we have the Kansas City Chiefs at the Denver Broncos. Dane, I'll start with you. Well, I mean, what, what, what more is there to say besides this game is really going to come down to the continued health of Patrick Mahomes' ankle? And he he hasn't looked himself, and clearly, you know, I won't say the Chiefs have regressed, but the last couple weeks have been extremely rough. Actually, more so the last what, three three games, you know. Like I think honestly, if you want to take it back even further, as I mentioned the other day on the podcast, remember when they played the Raiders, they had that crazy twenty eight point you know explosion in the second quarter, but other than that, they didn't do anything in the other three quarters. 
Yeah. And I know it's not to make light of that because scoring four touchdowns on big, uh, you know, big pass plays in one quarter, that's a big deal. But, it, you know, it doesn't speak to the consistency of this offense that we've come to see. And then even then, you know, like the last couple weeks, they haven't run the ball very well at all. And it's like, you know, Patrick Mahomes, he's already hurt. You know, you're expecting him to carry the game solely off his arm, but he can't run the ball. You're not giving your running backs a chance, to, uh, you know, enough of a chance to run the ball. What you ran for 53 yards against the Texans, you ran for 36 yards against the Colts. You don't win. You 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 can't win games like that. You can't. And don't look, you know, you know, don't 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 trip just yet. But Denver is slowly trying to piece it together, and it's really you know interesting. What? This is a big matchup right now because, as we know, the Chargers got their butt spanked. Oakland, they had a week off, but they'll be back in the fold this week as well. And they're at three and two. Uh, if, if Denver could take this game, this suddenly makes this division a whole lot more, you know, makes the division a whole lot more competitive. Absolutely. But they're going to be playing at mile high. And the bigger thing, the, the well, outside of Patrick Mahomes' ankle, the biggest the question here is can the Denver offense do what it's supposed to, you know, the Chiefs defense is terrible. There, there, there's just there's there's no there's no if ands or buts about it. The defense is terrible, and if Phil Lindsay can have himself a game, you know, just hey Joe Flacco, you compliment Phil Lindsay and Royce Freeman. You just make the throws that you need to because I'm not sure about the health of Emmanuel Sanders. I believe I'm not sure if he's going to play uh, Thursday night. Uh, I think that's still up in the air, but. I'm actually going to take Denver with the upset, and I think they're going to do it running the ball and just playing solid defense. You know, uh, the, the Chiefs' offense will get back on track, but we just saw the, the the Broncos' defense. I know it's only Tennessee, but they really just – their defense just smothered the Tennessee offense. I know they're not world beaters, though, but they did what they were supposed to, and that's what we haven't been seeing them do all season. And if this and, means it's a return to form, I'll take it. And on top of that – you know that, that we expect we all expected Tennessee to beat the Broncos, so and they mm-hmm. dominated them. I mean, they held them to zero points, right? Or yeah. did they score at the end of the game? So yeah, I mean, that defense is looking dominant. But I, I'll let Jake go next. Yeah, um, I was gonna go with Denver as well, and I, I was hoping I let off so I could kind of start the trend of the upset pick. But Dane kind of beat me to it. Um, yeah, like that Chiefs defense is really, 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 really bad and really porous. Like anyone runs for 100 yards on them. I mean, it's a given. You play Kansas City, boom, auto 100-yard rusher. And Philip Lindsay is a really good running back. He's fast. He's quick. He's going to give the Chiefs defense a lot of issues, um, you know, if the uh, Denver line holds up. So, you know, Denver Denver's an interesting team because, you know, they're not they're not so bad. You know, like the record doesn't really reflect that, obviously, but they've been in games. You know, they lost two games, you know, on game-winning field goals as time expired. Like, they're not as bad as, you know, the record makes them out to be. Um, So, Thursday night games are always weird. I think Chiefs offense will get back on track because, I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. You can only hold, you know, the dog down for so long, you know, two games. And it's not like he had two bad games. I mean, he just didn't win. Simply as that. Like, he didn't have terrible games. Uh, he just wasn't really Patrick Mahomes. But, you know, his expectation with him playing, you know, monstrous and out of his mind every week with, you know, he only has like 300 yards, two touchdowns. We're like, oh, well, that's kind of pedestrian for Patrick Mahomes because we're used to like 400 yards, four touchdowns, crazy plays, something like that. But 
regarding the game on Thursday, I think it's it's obviously a divisional game, so it's going to be you know one of those you know tightly contested games, regardless, because these teams know each other. I mean, t- division games are never really blowouts. Um, so honestly, I. I'm going to go with Denver as well. I think they're going to give them a real heavy dose of Philip Lindsay. I think the defense is pretty smothering right now and has been, you know, been inspired by all the injuries they've had, especially with Bradley Chubb, and they've rallied around nicely. And, uh, yeah, I like Denver in an upset pick. You know, the great thing about us is that whenever we all come together for an upset pick, it ends up actually happening. You see what happened last week with the 49ers, and I'm hoping it happens again because I'm actually going to pick Denver as well. Um, it's so funny watching these two trends. Like both of these teams, one team's going up, the other one's, I can't say it's going down, but uh, regressing just a little bit. Um, I, I thought it was going to be a quick fix with Tyreek Hill coming back. I did say, um, I mean, yeah, he, he made his impact game. known. Yeah. Yeah, he, he made his impact felt. Yeah, yeah that, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, he, he made his impact on the offense, but still, like, in a way they were able to be held in check. Like the big plays did happen and such and such, but still it's not like they came out and like, were like massively impressive or anything like that. So I don't want to say that teams have like caught up to them, but I mean, based off what we've seen from the last couple of weeks, I mean, how, how can you not say that in a way? And if it does happen again, like if it happens three games in a row, then it, it, it has to be said, or it has to be, Assumed at that point, but hey, Reed, hey, guess what though? Because you know what, it was either the the Sunday night podcast or last week when I mentioned how the the Chiefs, especially the last few years, they've become notorious for starting off the season really well, yeah. And then the offensive game plan just goes to shit. And I referenced that five and no season with Alex Smith a few years ago, where they started off well. The the offense looked amazing, like Alex Smith turned the corner. 12 years in his career, finally. And then they lost, what, like five straight. And I think they might have barely snuck into the playoffs, maybe. But, yep. you know, like I said, if Andy Reid doesn't commit to running the ball more, if he doesn't just try to slow the game down, you know, for him. Like, you you have an amazing quarterback. He doesn't have to do it all right now. You know, you guys got to possess the ball. What, against Texans um last week, they barely they, – they held the ball for, what, 20 minutes total the entire game? Yeah. Like, you don't – teams have figured out, okay, this is what we need to do to beat Kansas City, and they're doing it. That was the Lions game plan when they played a few weeks ago, and if it wasn't for a couple questionable calls from the refs, the Lions would have pulled that game out too against the Chiefs, and we'd be talking about the Chiefs on the three-game slide right now, but now we're talking about them on the two-game slide. So, I think we'll all see, like you said, we all picked the Broncos to win, and hopefully it, it, it pays off for all of us, but if the Chiefs lose this one, no, for real, for real, it's going to be time to have some, like, it's going to be time to really have a talk. You know, I think people have been trying to sneak that talk in this week, but not. Nah, it's going to be time to have a talk because now that division is way more competitive. And now it's time to start asking, is this defense going to cost them a playoff run? So we'll see. We'll Can we see. talk about how how pedestrian uh, Kenny Clark has been, or Frank Clark has been? Oh, I'd love to. It didn't it make it so much money. You just... Wait, wait, I thought, you know, in Seattle, I really thought he was that guy. And I thought that, you know what, you was bringing all that nasty and all that attitude down to Kansas City. You could be a tone setter for a defense they needed. Because the days of Justin Houston and Tom Bailey are long gone. And, yeah, Chris Jones is cool, but you still need another sack guy to get out there and get after it. 
And Frank Clark hasn't done anything. It just don't even seem like he's the same guy that was in Seattle. He's playing soft. He's playing soft, and he's playing like he don't want to be there. And I know it's only been six weeks, and maybe he could turn it around. But, yo, when we're talking about free agent bust, this has a chance to be a massive potential all-timer right here. You know, it's funny because they let go of Justin Houston. They let go D Ford. And, like, you see the impact that they have in their teams. But Mm -hmm. you look at what they have now, and it's like it's producing nothing. And going back to the offensive side of the ball, they don't have a power running game. I mean, they have two elusive backs with Damian Williams and and LaShawn McCoy. That's why when it's time to, to milk the clock, they can't do it because they're both finesse backs. They're make you miss in in space sort of backs. They're not going to be backs that get you those third and shorts or 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 fourth and shorts to to move the chains. It's just it's just not going to happen that way. Which is kind of why, you know, it wasn't like some huge news. But I didn't understand why they traded uh, Carlos Hyde. I know Carlos Hyde isn't like this great back or anything like that, but he's definitely a a formidable power back in this league. I mean, you see what he just did to the Chiefs. He I'd had say a great Houston game. is enjoying him. Yeah, Houston absolutely. Every time I've seen him this season, I mean, he's actually played really well. That's really been an underrated pickup for the Texans, to say, to say the least. But, yeah, the, the, this offense, like, there's holes. There's definitely holes, and they've been exposed these past couple of weeks. So, I wonder if it does happen three weeks in a row. It'll be interesting. Technically four, because I mean, that offense didn't look all that well against the Lions either. So, But moving into our next game, we have the Rams at the Falcons. Jake, I'll start with you. The new look Rams. Um, Wow. This is kind of an interesting one because you have the Falcons coming off a heartbreaker and you have the Rams on a three-game skid. However, you know, they just pretty much overhauled their team and got a superstar corner in Jalen Ramsey. Um, man, that's an interesting one. Um, it's in Atlanta, and I don't know. The Rams don't tend to travel well. Uh, this is a very interesting game. Wow. Uh, it's either the Rams are going to continue to slide or the Falcons are going to continue to slide. <laughs> and I'm not sure which <laughs> one's going to happen. Um, you know what? I think... The defenses Jared Goff has played in his three losses have been a tad better than Atlanta's. Obviously, you know, the 49ers defense is pretty damn good. The Falcons defense is not. I doubt Jared Goff throws for 78 yards this week. Um, Again, if he does, I think it's time for him to be out of the league. Um, 78 yards in back-to-back weeks would be terrible. But, yeah, no, uh, Jared Goff's not facing, you know, the 49ers team like he was last uh, last week, and he's facing an Atlanta team, which is just filled with tons of holes. Um, I expect the Rams to bounce back and uh, get this win. I think the Falcons, it's over for them this, you know, this year. Just just pack it in, you know, to, I tank out at this point, you know, for a good pick um, and just pretty much accept it for what it is. I got the Rams this week. Dave? Uh, you know, it's tough because I am so sick and tired of the Falcons giving me that ass to kiss. And for whatever reason, I keep turning around and picking them. But Don't do it. I learned my lesson. <sighs> it's, it's tough. So check this out. The Falcons, they don't, they really don't have a pass rush. But if there was a week 
You know, we thought it would have been last week, but if there was a week for you to get some kind of a pass rush, is this week. Because unlike, you're not playing Kyler Murray. Jared Goff is not mobile at all. You know, you might see him try to make a little run here at there, though, but that man going to get tired. He ain't about to be spinning around in the pocket, doing all types of crazy stuff. So if it, it, he's a stationary target. If you can't, if you can't get to him this week with that weak offensive line they have, you know, there's already a fork in them, but you know what? This might as well be a well-done steak because they are, they're finished, you know, just completely. So I'm, I know it's on the road and Jerry Goff, he's, he's definitely not, he's not in on the road. And, uh, and it's funny because I just uh, put a stat right here. So in his last 14 games, he's thrown 14 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. He's had 14 fumbles. He's throwing for 3,500 yards on basically 59% uh, passing. In the previous 14 games before that, 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, eight fumbles, uh, over 4,000 passing yards. He's clearly taking a step back. So I think this will be another week for him to have a huge bounce back game. And it's also worth mentioning we're probably not going to see Todd Gurley again. You know, yep. uh, Jalen Ramsey, I'm sure his back might be fine on Sunday, you guys. You know, I, he's already <laughs> posted his picture on Instagram. Uh, him in a Rams jersey. He he he's ready. He's excited. Uh, you know, I, I this one I want to be wrong about because I was very high on them at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to take the Rams. I hope I'm I, I'm hoping I'm wrong because you know it's just crazy that Matt Ryan once again he's I'm like I said we mentioned this before about him having more so empty stats rather than stat padding. But he's still playing really good. Last week, he put, I know it was the, just the Cardinals, but once again, it's just the Falcons, too. He played really good last week. And to lose like that at the last moment, you know, it's trash. It's very trash. So I'm going to take the Rams. But I'm going to look for Matt Ryan to have another big game as well, man. He, he, he's doing the thing. You know, I, I, I sat here and talked about how, you know, when we all come together as a unit to pick – the upset that it usually works out, but there's another way this all works out where you guys pick a team that I know I'm not going to pick. And then I end up picking the, the opposite and then it ends up happening. So therefore I'm going with the Falcons in this one. Um, I know we have seen them struggle throughout the season and just want to note again, the Eagles are the only victory that they have throughout six weeks. So that's really embarrassing. But um, I think this is going to be a game where Matt Ryan plays well once again. Um, that team in general, we're talking about the Rams, has a lot of holes. Um, I get, you know, getting getting Jalen Ramsey is going to help, definitely. Getting somebody of that caliber is definitely going to help. But that's not going to fix, fix the, the, the inconsistencies of that offense and the fact that Todd Gurley isn't playing is is, is going to hurt that team even more, and I don't think you can put the put a game on golf's shoulders and tell them to go out and win. I don't care how bad the Atlanta secondary is. Tampa Bay secondary wasn't very good, also, and he threw what four interceptions. So, mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, I I I I just look at who's the better quarterback, and that's going to be who wins this game. And Matt Ryan's a better quarterback to me, so. I'm taking the Falcons in the upset at home. Um, I'm not going to say put it on your parlay, but if you are, of course, take the money line because the Rams are only three-point favorites. And usually, if uh, the team that's favored is on the road and they're three-point favorites, you usually take the money line. So, yeah, 
Also, want to apologize to the listeners because actually, I can't even apologize. Vegas just had this all fucked up last week. Only four teams covered their spread last week. Only four of the favorites. I, I don't think I've seen that in a long time, but it was nothing but upsets and teams that did backdoor covers like the Bengals. Like, but what, what did, was, did, did Vegas fuck up or was it that they wanted to set us up? Because you know what? Take for instance, the Chargers were favorite against the Steelers, I believe, but I don't points. think yeah. that I don't think that was an upset though. Like, I, I feel like if you paid attention to not only how the Chargers have played football, but their injuries, the decisions the coaches have made, that wasn't a surprise. Like, I, I would have figured the game more so would have been a pick em. I didn't think, you know, the line would have been as big as it was. But that's just that's why I feel like Vegas just be fucking with people sometimes. And they just like, you know what? Bet all your money on this because we know this is going to happen right here. I feel like last week was one of those weeks. I, 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 can, I can believe that, too. And as well, like, I know, I, you know, we're talking about last week's games, but... You know, even though the Bengals and Ravens, even though, you know, that looks like a game like, oh, yeah, the Ravens should have no problem. But at the end of the day, Andy Dalton typically has success against the Ravens. And on top of that, that secondary is bad. So even though the backdoor cover happened, I'm not necessarily surprised that that happened. So and then you've seen with the Arizona Atlanta game. I mean, Atlanta was what, two and a half point favorites and they ended up losing. So. I mean, it was so much of that last week. You've seen the Cowboys, like, they were touchdown favorites, and they they lost. So, I mean, it was, it was so much of that last week. I couldn't believe it. Um, but, yeah, that's just something to keep in mind. So I kind of – I sort of apologize because if you went and listened to what I had said, then you probably didn't do well in your parlay. So, yeah. Um, but moving on, we have – the Dolphins at the Bills. I don't know if there's much to talk about here, but I'm gonna keep. Yeah, it let's just save time, and I, I would just save time and just do the Bills. Honestly, I don't. I mean, the Dolphins. They're the Dolphins, man. I don't think yeah. this is the game they win. If they couldn't beat Washington, they're not beating Buffalo. Yeah, I, I I would take the Bills as well, and I don't know what the total points is, but I would take the under because the Dolphins are going to be held to three or probably zero. So. I don't but what's the chance you guys you, you guys think Josh Allen's still going to throw a pick? You know, I think he has seven on the season. It's probably got him in, what, third or fourth in the league. Uh, you guys think he's, he's still going to throw, throw a pick? I, yeah, I still I think, think he's going to throw, gonna throw one. Yeah, I, I can yeah. see it. Yeah, I can see him. I don't think he can help himself. I really don't. It doesn't matter how bad the secondary is. He he's just to too eccentric. He's, he's going he's gonna to force one, and he's just going to do something stupid. It's Josh <laughs> Allen, so. <laughs> um, also, for all those gamblers out there, I don't – I guess you would take the 17-point the spread, but, I mean, Buffalo isn't the type of offense that's going to go out there and, like, put up a bunch of points. So that's kind of a spread that I would stay away from. But, I mean, if you do take it, I can see it because the Dolphins aren't going to do much on offense. So, yeah, just something to keep in mind. Um, our next game, we have the Jaguars at the Bengals. Wow, two bad games in a row. Uh, Dane, I'll, I'll start with you. Ah, but you know what? I, I've come to realize that any game, honestly, that Gardner Minshew's playing in is not a bad game to me. Uh, I, I just enjoy watching them play too much, and clearly I'm going to take the Jaguars in this one right here. But I'm looking for him to have a bounce-back game because, one, not every team has the weapons the Saints has or a good enough defensive coordinator to figure out Gardner Minshew. You know, I yeah. think going into that game, he only had one pick on the season. And they got to him, and they they made him look silly. DJ Shark got uh, Shark got shut down. Uh, 
in the worst way. We had like two catches for 21 yards or something like that, yeah. 27 yards. So he got shut down. I'm, I'm not expecting that to happen again this week at all. I'm looking for Jacksonville to go in there and just probably put up, you know, 30, 35 points, honestly. Yeah. Jake? Now, as much as I want to agree with that, and I do, because I was initially thinking Jacksonville is just going to pummel this team to a pulp. Um, this is the type of, I would say, trap game, because Jacksonville is not the type of team you don't have like a, a solid record to where like it's a trap, like they're going to get caught up. But this is the type of game you know that they could slip up on. Um, you know, like going into Cincinnati, obviously not an easy place to play despite the record. Cincinnati is definitely like a hostile environment. Um, you know, Gardner Minshew on the road, that's definitely like you know pretty big task for a rookie. Uh, regardless of his stats, you know, he's been really good this year. I mean. I think this is the type of game that, like, you know, he can definitely get caught up on because you it's, like, it's too obvious. You know what I mean? Like, it's too obvious. You pick the team that everyone wants to go with. Like, it's it's an easy pick. And I think going against the grain here might pay off. And I think I'm going to go with the Bengals. I think Joe Mixon can't be this bad. Like, he cannot be this bad. He has to have one good game. One good game. And, uh... You know, like, I know Jacksonville's defense has been pretty solid all year, but that's exactly why I'm going to go. I'm taking a huge leap of faith, but that's exactly why I'm going to go with the Bengals this week, solely because this is not the game you expect the Bengals to win, which is exactly why they would win. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick the Bengals in an upset pick. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally not going that route. Um <laughs> That's okay, because when, when they win next week, I'm revisiting this, and you guys are going to I'm going to tell you right now why I'm 100% sure it's not going to happen. Hey, man. Um, I, ho- off, I, I hope. But... Joe, Joe Mixon is dead. Joe, like, it's not, it's not even a Joe Mixon problem. Ever. Yo, ever. it's not even a Joe Mixon problem. It's the fact that that offensive line well, is yeah, so it's their line. I mean, awful. Jonah Williams went down, and then you got, like, a couple starters out. Like, it's just done like it's garbage like it, it really doesn't matter what running back you can put the great you can put barry sanders behind well i don't know yeah never mind let me relax let me relax i was about to say something stupid but anyways like <laughs> i no, no, i actually want to hear what you say i actually want to hear what you wanted to say no, I'm, I'm okay trust Are you me saying? i, I was okay. Yeah, okay. yeah don't yeah, yeah disregard it but uh yeah you put like a solid running back. It doesn't matter. Like it, 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 that line is so bad that they're, they're going to be limited. So they can only do so much. And Mixon's a really talented running back. And I mean, there's nothing that can fix that offensive line. Like nothing at all. Um, not only that, but the fact that Drake Kirkpatrick and William Jackson are going to be out. So I'm looking for DJ Shark and DD Westbrook to go out there and have a, a, a great game. I think this is also a game in which Leonard Fournette is going to run all over them because they give up a lot of rushing yards. Like, that defense is just really, really bad, and the fact that they lost their starting corners is only going to make matters worse. So that's why I'm 100% sure. That, 100% sure. 100% sure that the Jags I are going to win. I can't wait. Like, I, I, I put it – matter of fact – We put stake on this? talking about this. I am like putting this on my parlay. I'm putting okay. this on my parlay. Plus okay. three and a half, that's easy money. That is easy money. And if I'm wrong, 
I don't know. I'll change my Abby to like Andy Dalton or something. Somebody screen record this. Oh no, no 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 no! I'm talking about me. I'm talking about if I'm right. Since I'm okay, the one okay, going okay. against the If you're right, if you're right, what do you want? What do you want? If you're right. Hey man, the steak dinner sounds kind of good oh. to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> I okay. mean, like okay. that seems to be the trend because when Dane picked the Lions against the Chiefs, I believe the reward we both wagered was a steak dinner. So if we're going oh, no, that I, route, I, I, mean, I don't get it when I go against the grain. Well, because I, you're not going against the grain that bad. Like this. Oh no, no, this no, 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 no. This not saying this. Who did you go against the grain with that severe? The Eagles. Us? The Eagles with who? with who against the Packers? Yes, but that's your team. And to be fair, you didn't ask no. for anything, you didn't no. speak up. You got to speak up and say, Yo, are y'all trying to put something on this? You know, like, don't worry about it. Because, something? Don't worry about it because if the you're Falcons gonna, you're win, gonna spit I, my steak dinner if I win, aren't you? If the Falcons win, I want a steak dinner. I want a steak dinner if the Falcons win. What if they beat the Rams? Yeah. That's not really. I, I don't know, man. You can't that's say not. that. No, 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 no. <laughs> that's you can't not the type of team you really the wager Falcons that on. The Falcons are one and five, and, and the Rams yeah, are three and three. Yeah, but they're playing a lot better than their record. They're playing a lot better than their record. They have Matt Ryan, The Jaguars are two and four. And the that's Bengals why I don't, I'm like, I don't know if the Jaguars-Bengals yeah, is staked in or worthy because of the records, but I, I think the I think me having that much confidence in the Jaguars is really more of a result of how bad the Bengals are. Like, yeah. there's only teams in the NFL that don't have a win right now. The Bengals are definitely one of them. And I think we mentioned this a few weeks ago. I'm starting to change my mind. I know this, we're, we're not uh, moving to change draft edition yet. But I'm starting to think not Joe yet. Burrow is going to go number one instead of two, the way things are 100%. going. And he's I, I can see Joe Burrow being in Cincinnati more than I can see Tua being in Cincinnati. So, you know. Take that for what it is worth. So they're definitely in contention for it. They they are in contention for it, and um, they're just a bad team, Jake. I'm sorry. Like I I know we. I, I know. Now listen, I'm not I'm not saying this because I'm confident. I'm saying this because I want to take a risk. I'm not confident. I am confident in the fact that this can be like a slip up game because it's obviously a game that we assume they're going to dominate throughout. You know, it's going to be a game that they're going to win, obviously, but. I'm just, I don't know. It, uh, something something tells me just to pick this game. If I'm wrong, I'm not going to be surprised. Like, at all. Like, it's obvious, but hey, you know. Okay. We're going to see. Oh, we're going to see. And I, I, know, <laughs> I, I know I'm 99.9% .9 sure I'm probably going to be wrong. But if I'm 0.1% right, whoo! It's going to be <laughs> ugly for y'all. It's going to be ugly. We're changing, right. we're changing it to moving the chains. We're changing it to moving the jakes or... Reek is wrong. We're, we're, do, we're doing something. No, no, you know what? We can do the steak dinner thing, though. I, I'll do it. Right. Okay. If, if the bagels win, I'll, I'll pay for your steak dinner. I love a man of the word. I love it. All right. Let's do it. Let's That'll do it. work. That'll work. Sounds Our great. Next... Looking forward. New strip. <laughs> Our next matchup is an NFC North matchup, so you guys have to hear Jake's mouth once again. Uh, oh, it's the Vikings. <laughs> they're, they're tired of hearing me. It's they're the Vikings at the Lions. Um, Minnesota are one and a half point favorites on the road. Uh, they, uh, Jake, I'll start with you. So the Lions are not as bad as their record reflects. As we know, this Lions team is not for real necessarily, but they're definitely different this year. Um, they've got a different type of swagger to them. They're you know they're closing out games. They're finishing. Their defense is a lot better. Um, 
I really look at Justin Coleman as a fantastic addition in the offseason. Uh, four years, $36 million, only nine, you know, AAV right there. That's not that bad uh, for, you know, that type of nickel corner, you know, that slot guy who's been stellar this year. And you saw it last night making plays, made an interception, had a couple batted balls. He's played really good. Um, so we circle back to Minnesota, and Minnesota is a team that only beats up on bad teams. Bad and they haven't. Correct. And they haven't beat up on any good team yet. Their wins have come against the Giants, the Raiders, who else? The Eagles, and who was their other win against? Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. You said bad defenses. But you just said bad. You just said they haven't been a good team. No, 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 no. I said bad teams, and you corrected me to bad defenses. And I'm like, you're right, bad defenses. And you said they have yet to beat a good team. You said, okay, okay. Well, you get what I mean. At the end of the day, you just called me a bad team. That's disrespectful. Raiders over 500, man. Raiders over 500. Okay. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear about the Raiders. I don't want to hear about the Raiders. The Raiders. I know you don't. I know no, you I don't. don't. I don't think anyone wants to hear about the Raiders, honestly, because the Raiders aren't a good football team. And I guarantee you, hey, I'll, I put, mean, money, I'll mean, put money that they don't what make What does that say about the Bears? <laughs> they, they played their backup quarterback. Nah. And he is literally incapable of throwing a football to the correct jersey. Not to mention, the Raiders got to London on Monday. The Bears didn't get there till Friday. And they weren't. That- at I all ready. I no, really no, no, no. These are facts. These are facts. They came and, up there and got their ass kicked. It was just. Well, I wouldn't score, say that the because they only lost no, 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 by no, no, three. No. They the came back and dominated that ass. Does not indicate how bad they got beat, especially in the first half. You they know what's crazy? If, if Chase Daniel didn't throw that interception at the end of the game, and you know he does the game-winning drive, or you know we kick a field goal and go to overtime, this is a whole different narrative. It's about a comeback story. They didn't really get their ass beat. I mean, they did in the first half, but football is four quarters, you know. I mean, so yeah, it's at the end of the day, this isn't about the Raiders. This is about the Vikings and the Eagles. <laughs> the Raiders suck. Where anyone's <laughs> listening, I don't care. Like I literally do not care. Josh Jacobs is a stud. Darren Waller is a stud. Anything else on that defense or on that offense is not good. Jonathan Abrams obviously hurt, so he's an explosion. But anyway, the Raiders, they're not going to playoffs. And if anyone wants to say they are, you can DM me at J underscore Currents 15 um, or at underscore MTC podcast. I'll be happy to talk to you about it. Anyway, um, it's about Minnesota and um, the Lions. And I think the Lions, I mean, Detroit obviously is going to be a home in this game. I mean, Minnesota's accustomed to playing in a dome, so it's not really going to be you know different as far as like, you know, the fans there. Um, yeah. So it's not going to be really like a huge advantage there. Obviously, they have familiarity. Um, but, you know, the Lions are not a bad team right now, man. Their defense is playing good. Their offense is playing good. They've gotten hosed on a couple of games. You know, they got cheated a couple of times. Their record is obviously not as bad as it, you know, it indicates um, their team, you know, with their skill. Uh, and the, the Minnesota hasn't beat any good defense, like I said. And it's just one of those things where it's like, you have to beat the best or you have to beat good teams in order to make it far in this league. And Detroit Lions right now are a solid team and the Minnesota Vikings in my opinion are not because they haven't proven to beat anyone so I want to say the Lions at home um, I know the Vikings defense has been better but I think Kerryon Johnson uh, will have a big role in that Kenny Galladay will definitely likely have a big role in that because the Vikings corners and the Vikings DBs have not been good this year in any way um, so I'm going to roll with Detroit at home Dave yeah this is going to be a sneaky good matchup of, for the weekend and um I'm actually torn because I I thought I knew who I wanted to pick. And it's not that Jake 
anything Jake said necessarily changed my mind. But it's the fact that the more Jake talked, it gave me more. <laughs> it gave me more uh, time to keep overthinking what I was saying because it's like you know what, yeah, this is true too. You know that they haven't beat anybody, but at the same time, that can be swear your forever. opinion. Like, Come on, man. Lions, join it. Join. The bandwagon, you know, no, not the bandwagon. At least the week seven bandwagon. Join it. <laughs> Join the week seven bandwagon, Dane. Go to the dark side, my man. You can't be a Kirk Cousins fan on this Dane, podcast. Dane, why are you sorry. still it's thinking? Not allowed. It's not why allowed. You're still thinking, Dane. <laughs> the time is ticking, my friend. Dane, while you're still thinking, I, I, I'm going to jump on the Jake bandwagon. Hash, hashtag one pride. One pride. I'm picking the Lions as well. At least so. for week seven. Fuck and I, North, I, I might, I might take Lions the money line on this game as well. Because they... at the end of the day, the Lions really got hosed out of two games. Like it is what it is. That they're actually a really good team, a much better team than I predicted they would be. Uh, like everyone like I said, predicted. I, I don't think I, the Lions were anyone on anyone's radar, let alone mine. That, I certainly didn't have them being anywhere as good. That defense is 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 sneaky good. Like it is. Trey Flowers was a nice, quiet addition. Yeah, you know, and when then, he's not getting phantom pants to the face. He's a pretty solid pass rusher. <laughs> and Justin Coleman's been a great pickup. Other than that, that's I think the reason no one really you know was big on the Lions is because they didn't make any offseason moves. They dropped yeah. T.J. Hawkinson, but. That's a tight end. He's not going to change the franchise unless you're Tony G, which he's not Tony G. Um, so at the end of the day, like the Lions didn't really give us a reason to believe. So right now, obviously, there's reason to believe, you know. But you it's know, like they have a sneaky good offense and defense. Yeah, like, that's, it's weird. That's what's they got so weapons crazy. all around. You got Marvin Jones, who's not good, but he's not bad. Kenny Galladay, who's pretty solid. Carry on Johnson. No, nah, Marvin Jones pretty is solid. actually pretty good. Those, those yeah, are two pretty right. good receivers. He's all right. He's all right. He's fell off. That's for sure. He was yeah, good. Yeah, I mean, Cincinnati. he fell off. He, he was nice in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's nice. All right. Actually, no, he was good last year, but I, are you, I got are you, are you ready? Are you ready to pick the right. I got, I, I got two things. I got two things that I want to say real quick. All right. Okay. I want to say hashtag skull. So you know what that means. Oh, dear. Hang I'm up. picking the Lions. Hang up the call. I'm picking the Lions. Oh, I'm picking okay. the Lions. Woo. Yeah, just a nice direction right there. Misdirection right there. Yeah. I, just want, I just wanted to say skull real quick. That was it. But uh, nah, I'm, I'm taking the This line. man just <laughs> wanted to say skull for the hell of it. He just liked the way it sounded. He's like, skull! <laughs> he just wanted to feel part of the Viking Nation for three seconds. I, I did. Because it was like, you know what? The more and more I thought about it, I could see this game coming down to the fourth quarter. And the fact that the Vikings DBs really just, they're not it. This Trey year, like none of them, none of them are. <laughs> Trey Wayne's was he was a question mark coming out of Michigan State, and you know I think Mike reached for him hundred percent. Yeah, Mike Zimmer is one of those coaches where you know keep in mind he was in. And hold on, let me let me bring this up real quick. You guys know where Mike Zimmer was before he became a head coach. You guys remember? Uh, uh, I believe he was with the Cincinnati Bengals. Exactly. And do you know who their offensive coordinator was too while he was there? Come on, come on, you guys know it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, before it, but who was before you? Come on, you know it. Give us a hint. Give us a hint. It was Jay. Jay Gruden. So oh, you Jay Gruden. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was slipping my mind. You had Jay Gruden on offense, and Hugh Jackson was in the building, by the way. So you had Jay Gruden on offense. Jesus Hugh Christ. Jackson as your QB coach. You had Mike on defense. And That's you, like you, trifecta of like washed up coaches. Not Mike Zimmer right. now, but like. And then you had Marvin Lewis as a head coach. So. Oh, God. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, 
And my head, and even, even keeping it going, I'm pretty sure Paul Gunther was there and say what you want, but he's kind of turned around the Raiders defense and we've seen uh, enough of an improvement. They might still not be world beaters though, but they've turned around some. So, I mean, like they had some pieces there and it was just like, wow. Okay. And yet you still managed to lose to the Texans twice. Who, who the hell else they lost to the Chargers? And that was just why those guys were there. So I just wanted to bring that up real quick, but yeah, we all got the lines here. And it's, and to me, it's less about Kirk Cousins than it is about their defense. You know, I yeah. think this is going to be one of the games where the Vikings defense lets them down. You know, I was actually surprised last week that Wentz actually played so well against that Vikings defense. Like, I was expecting it to be a low scoring. Oh, I was expecting. I mean, the Eagles only scored 20 points, but I don't think the scoreboard indicates how well the offense was actually playing due to the fact that we attempted some stupid fake field goal at the end of the first half, which I don't want to talk about. But. Yeah, I mean, that offense actually moved the ball on the Vikings, and it was really surprising to me. So, yeah, that's actually one of the sneaky concerns on the Vikings team. That defense is, isn't necessarily playing up to its potential. So, oh, also, Daniel Hunter, um, he's like the quiet. He's a quiet wrecking like, ball. Yeah, like nobody talks about yeah. him, but I've I, I seen some stat on him the other day. I, I can't think of it, but. It was yeah, it was most sacks by uh, a player before they reached was before they reached twenty five or under twenty five. Twenty five years like old, yeah. He has yeah. most sacks, uh, you know, before the age of twenty five, and that'd be forty six. That's forty six sacks right now. That is and very insane. And he's so and he, young. And yeah, Daniel came in like extremely raw, but he couldn't have landed, you know, with a better coach. And see, it's it's picks like that that make you think. You know what? I'm good with DVs. Let me go ahead and pick Trey Wayne. I can fix him. And look where we're at. What, four or five years later, the man is still bad. You know, hell, you picked McKenzie Alexander. He had a pick against you guys. Um, I saw, I don't know if that was, yeah. was that the pick. Yeah, Jake was, Elliott threw it. Was that the pick? Uh, Car- did Carson throw a pick? Uh, Carson did throw a pick, but the game's already out of reach. I don't know how, how it happened because I stopped watching. But yeah. Has anyone has anyone heard any word on Mike Hughes? I haven't really been following. He's I know they hurt. picked him. I know. From, okay. Yeah. I know they picked hurt. him from UCF, and he was supposed to be pretty nice, but wasn't quite sure. Yo, know, is that my mic or yours? Mm, yours? I'm static here right now. Is it? Well, it's like, done now. It's gone now. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's gone now. It's fine. Oh, weird. Like, it came back. It's still there. Yeah. Tw- t- twist your uh your mic uh the red part. Twist it around just a little bit. Okay. Good? I think you're good. Yeah, you're good. Oh, weird. Okay. All right, we're back. Well, we never <laughs> left. We've never left, but yeah. Um, our next matchup, we have the Raiders at the Packers. That's actually a, I don't know if it's a sneaky good matchup, but I don't know. It's not uh, giving me the Packers. I don't need, I don't want too much to say about this one. I'll take the Packers. And it's not because of something. It is, it is, it, it, it'll be a good game, but I just want the Packers. Yeah, it's more really to save time, to say and I don't think, yeah, I, I don't really want yeah. to go into it too much because the Raiders aren't a good football team, honestly. I don't. I'm not saying shit. all of that. I don't yeah, I'm not saying all that. If they beat the Bears, they beat their backup QB without Akeem Hicks and a starting wide receiver, their touchdown leading receiver. Like, I don't want to hear it. So, anyway. Um, 
No, no. I, I think I think the Packers are going to win. You guys had a whole bye week. Oh, we're still going on this. He's still going on this. Hold up, hold up, because you know what? It's not just about the backup quarterback. It's about the fact that your defense didn't do a goddamn thing. It's about the fact that Matt Nagy didn't put your skill players still on offense and in positions to do what they have to do. And I think it's worth mentioning. Isn't Kyle Long going IR now? I know Kyle Long needs to be retired. I know he was already playing bad before that, but I guess maybe this is kind of an explanation about it. But look, Jake, I don't want you to be in denial, man. See, this is the difference between a Bears fan and a Steelers fan. I know I don't want to get too off topic, but we all we all pick the Packers, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. So real quick, let me say this is the difference between me and you. All right. So both of us, our quarterbacks are injured right now, but I, you know. You don't try to justify. Don't put it all on Mitch because you know what? When Mitch was there, there was there was still a struggle. And like I said, you guys are still – I didn't think you guys were going to make the playoffs, but I think you guys were still going to have like possibly an 8-8, eight and eight, possibly a winning record. I just think the NFC was too thick for it to continue to happen, and you guys do have a hard schedule. Now, mm-hmm. as the season has started, and I see where you guys are right now falling into that hard schedule, I'm not mm-hmm. so sure – Nine and seven, eight and eight. Still, I think it's probably going to be a little worse than that. But I think it's more than just Mitch. I think sometimes you guys need to, you know, look at the coach. Not saying like run him out of town, fire him, but just like, hey, you need to be held accountable too. And that defense, man, I think the defense was the most disappointing part of the Raiders game because you know what? I sat up here and I told all of our followers that Khalil Mack was just going to feast on Derek Carr, and he didn't. And that, that makes me look bad. I tend to get embarrassed when I try to say things are going to happen and other people's teams let me down. And now, since I don't know Khalil Mack, I don't know Khalil Mack, but I know Jake. Jake's a Bears fan. So it's my brother-in-law. <laughs> but my brother-in-law, I don't do a podcast with. So you know what, Jake? I got to take it out on you. You guys man. embarrassed us, man. All right, and so let me, let, let, me, let me talk. Let me talk. Real quick. Oh, let go me, ahead. Talk. Okay, so I do agree with you that it's not all – on like Mitch it's not all on just like one person obviously like that was there was issues before Mitch went down however I'm talking strictly about the Raiders game like there was a lot more to it than just what met the eye like yes the defense was bad but Chase Daniel missed a lot of wide open guys the running game was bad the play calling was bad and I understand that but overall this team's you know, struggles has not been because of the defense. It's because of the inept play calling, which has been getting better. It's just gotten better. But it's one of those things where, like, you can't expect the defense to have a superstar outing every week. Like, it's done, like, historic things up until week five, week six. So, obviously, it was going to have a slip-up game. It's in London. They were only there for, like, a day and a half before the game actually started. They had no prep. They're down a lineman, they're down a D lineman, they're down their you know touchdown leading receiver and Chase Daniels in the game. Like they had a lot of the odds stacked against them. So I know this was like an upset due to record and like the way their defense played. But really, like that team just had nothing going for them that week. But I do agree with you. Like this is this is what's gonna make or break the Bears. If Mitch Trubisky doesn't come back like much, much improved and show, you know, like the world that he can be a good quarterback like he did last year, you know, having 27 total touchdowns, 12 interceptions, 3,000 plus yards, you know, like this team's in trouble because this this schedule is not easy. In fact, it's the hardest in the league, you know, going off win percentage of the teams they face. So 
it's going to be hard at three and two with no give in the NFC North. Like I agree with you hundred percent. Like the bears are in, in deep, deep trouble if they don't get this thing figured out and there's no rest for the weary because the bears play the saints this week. So. Oh man. Mm. Oh man. Oh man. Um, <laughs> our next <laughs> matchup is AFC South matchup. Actually, it should be a really good one. We have the Texans at the Colts. Um, Dan, I'll start with you. I'm back on my Colts hype train. I'm back. I took a week off. I took a <laughs> week off. I let you guys talk me out of it too, man. And you know what? I'm never going to let it happen again because I said the Colts and you guys got quiet like I was about to pick them and I punked out and I'm not going to do it again. I'm taking the Colts because you know what? This is going to be a good game. They're going to run the ball. Look, I know uh, – look. They, they they put forth a much better effort last week, albeit against a hobbled quarterback. And Deshaun just played amazing, despite the fact that Deshaun, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller tried their best to lose the game for him. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, actually one of our followers tweeted us and said that we didn't mention the um, the drops. So there you go. They dropped the ball, and Deshaun Watson is that good. I thought yeah, we did. I, I so, definitely did. I definitely I, did. I, I thought we did. Yeah. Hey, real, real, no quick, real quick, by the way, real, mm-hmm. real, real quick, by the way, uh, just breaking news. Uh, Ryan Tannehill named starter against the Chargers for the Tennessee Titans on Sunday. Yep. So, no, definitely. We'll get yes. into that. We'll get into that briefly. But as far as this game goes, like I said, I'm taking the Colts. I don't think this is going to be another high-scoring game. I think the Colts are actually going to try themselves to run the ball and control the control the clock a lot more and they got some boys up front that can try that they got some boys up front that can contain the run just a whole lot better than the, uh, the chiefs were able to so i'm not expecting the big carlos Hyde day so go ahead and give me the coats jake um i'm gonna go off on a limb here and just state and i know it's kind of late into the season to say this but deshaun watson's my mvp leading candidate at this moment you just said last week it was Russell and, Wilson. At this moment, at this very moment, with the way he's leading that team, though, like, no, 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 I didn't say he's my pick. I'm saying he plays at an MVP level. Yeah. But I'm saying my pick right now, like, by the way, like, he's led this team, a team of Houston Texans that was in massive turmoil and made crazy trades from throughout the season, which no one thought they'd be here. Like, the Seahawks, they always expect to be competitive. You always expect Russell Wilson to play good. You always expect that. You don't expect Deshaun Watson to come out in, you know, his second, third year and, like, you know, be a beast and dominate, you know, the league, you know, in and out and go head-to-head, you know, in Patrick Mahomes' building and, you know, outduel him. That's not something you expect. So at this moment, like, where we stand on October 15th, Tuesday at 8.33 p.m., Deshaun Watson is my MVP candidate. If he continues this, it's going to be a real easy one because he's stacking up the wins. Uh, regarding the game on – Sunday though, um, the Colts man, I the Colts looked really good against the Chiefs, but this is where we kind of start to see like the Chiefs, you know, their chink in their armor. Like this was their first chink, and you know this was their first, you know, kind of slip up, and we kind of saw how bad the Chiefs are and how bad their defense can be, um, which I think it's a top five worst defense of the league in my opinion, which is sad because their offense is great. Um, however. I think the Texans are rolling right now. Sean Watson's playing on a whole nother level. Um, so with Sunday being the topic of discussion, I'm going to go with Houston. Uh, 
<sighs> and then there's me. Um, hmm. you know, I get it. I get it about the Deshaun Watson hype train. Hundred percent get it. But I will say it's funny how everything, like the whole perception, changed in a week. Before this game, I don't think it was very many people saying, oh, I would rather have Deshaun Watson over Patrick Mahomes, and then he wins this game. And all I still sudden, wouldn't say that. I mean, he the won perception, a head match, but. Like, I, I, I think I've it's going to take a fan saying it. Yeah, I don't think anyone well, in their right I, I mind know, would say Patrick I, I mean, Mahomes is not their favorite QB. You know, I'm, you know I love Deshaun Watson. Watson is, it's kind of clickbait, but I've—I mean, I've seen it. I've seen first take. They debated it. I mean, I, I should just say it's funny how it's a debate now. This wasn't a debate any time before that. Now all of a sudden it is because they won that game. But as as much as it's very warranted that Deshaun Watson is getting this attention, people forget that Watson also threw two interceptions against a really really bad Chiefs defense. So. I get one. That was second like a, one was not really half. Yeah. 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 I, I, like I that get, was like that the, was Will yeah. Fuller and Kiki Kuke just running straight into each other, and then him make Juan Thornhill, which honestly he should have batted it down. He picked it off in the end zone and gave his team worse field position because they had it on the forty-three. If he didn't, but yeah, that was just a throwing up interception. I wouldn't even really hold him to that, honestly. Yeah, but I mean, the fact of the matter is, I mean, he did throw him. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I get get what you're saying, but. You know, it's not like statistically Deshaun Watson had like a fantastic game against the Chiefs. But with all that being said, um, I, I do understand the hype about him. I I, I said it coming in like I, I 100%. I love, I'm, I'm, I've been on the Deshaun Watson, uh, what do you call it? Bandwagon hype train. Bandwagon, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know how I've forgot that but um with all that being said i am taking the colts as well um i, I stand think, alone yet again <laughs> I, I will just say man that that, that colts defense has played much better than expected missing both of their starting safeties and you know just and, and also missing you know their all pro rookie from last year um it, it's just amazing to see how that team is just so well coached it goes to show how great of a coach uh frank wright is um eagles miss him a lot but anyways uh it like that it's just a well-coached team Brissett is not putting the ball into harm's way he's not turning the ball over really uh marlon mack is running well against them or or with them i should say um ty hilton's gonna be back i assume and he loves playing the colts or he loves playing the texans so I think this is going to be a big T.Y. Hilton game, and I do see the Texans win it. Or, Jesus, I've said the wrong team three times. But <laughs> I, I, I do see that uh, the, the Colts winning this game. I'll say uh, 27 to 24. And now we have our next game, and it is – I'm sorry. It somehow, like, went away. But our, our next game is the Cardinals at the Giants. Uh, Dane, I'll let you start. It's another game that I kind of don't feel requires much breaking down. You got two bad defenses, and I'm going to take the better quarterback. Give me Kyler. Uh, give me not my bad. Now give me Kyler. Give me the Cardinals, whose quarterback is Kyler Murray. 
So yeah, I got the Cardinals in this one. Same, same here. Yeah, um, it's kind of one of those pick'em games. You know, the defenses are both struggling. You know, the offenses are both kind of very questionable. But I'm gonna go with the better quarterback. So I'm gonna roll with the Cardinals this week. Isn't Patrick Peterson coming back this week too? He is, yes, he I believe. Is. He has come back from a six-game suspension. Yes, sir. F- future Eagle, I'm saying that right now. Yeah, right. All you. No, it's happening. Yeah, eventually one of them will work, bro. Eventually you have to get one right, right? <laughs> hey, listen, listen, listen. When the, so Bears, when, when the Bears didn't have Khalil Mack, like, you know, the Bears weren't even in on Khalil Mack. I tweeted the Bears the night before, and I said, please get Khalil Mack good night. And I woke up and Khalil Mack was a bear. So that's all you got to do, man. You just got to ask nicely. That's it. It's That's gonna all happen. you gotta do. You gotta ask nicely. You're demanding right now. You gotta, you know, you gotta show some. Patrick hey. Peterson or Chris Harris will be an eagle by by October 29th. It's gonna happen. It's it's 100 percent right. gonna happen. We can circle back to this. <laughs> but yeah, I, we all took the Cardinals in this game. Yeah. Um, our next game, I don't think there's much to talk about here as well. The 49ers at the Redskins. 49ers. 49ers. Yep. Also, take the Cardinals money line, and I would take the 49ers to beat this spread. I don't think the Redskins are even going to score. They struggle with the, they struggle with the, the Dolphins. Like, and the Dolphins did a fantastic job of keeping the tank going. I don't know what that play Absolutely. was on the two play like, conversion. A, a it was a genius plan. Right yeah. to him. No, he would have got he would have got smothered even if he dropped it. It would it yeah. would. He probably just he, like he got destroyed. He probably could have got it still and probably just like tossed the ball to the ground like yeah fuck this we, let's go get Tua but yeah it's yeah. funny. Um, you know I, I I think I might be the only person who I don't think the I, while it was a bad play call I I don't think they intentionally like I said I just I think it was just a bad play call they they was hoping for the best you know I don't think um. Uh, Flores or whoever the offensive coordinator is not that it matters who I don't think they use just like <laughs> hey we can't win this game I know a lot of people say this and I know I don't know you know some people are very serious about it I thought that at first but the more I thought about it you know granted you know it just confirmed that uh he's got you know the this the security to know that he'll be back next season as well and we and hopefully they don't make him tank next year because I was wondering well if they go 0-16 this year what does he have to do next year to keep his job for a third year? At least get five or six wins? Because, you know, they got, what, three first-round picks this year. They got all these picks. You're going to have to see something. They're going to have cap space. Is he gonna, probably going to have to win at least five or six games next season to keep his job a third season. So and that's, that's going to be, be tough on them. Yeah, that's going to be hard because you look at that division. I mean, the Jets are an up-and-coming team. The Bills are, and the Patriots are the Patriots. So I don't even know how they're going to even get five or six wins in that division, but I don't know, man. We'll we'll, we'll see. It's, it's, it is going to be interesting moving forward. Tool isn't even the best quarterback in that draft class. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, is it Justin Herbert? Uh, no, I, I, I think Joe Burrow. Towards Burrow. Okay, I'm okay. Towards Burrow. I, I love what I'm seeing from Joe Burrow. Last He's year was got like, some I'm not, it's not, man. It's not He's a disaster so last year, right but like it's like a complete 180, like what we have seen. Like Joe Burrow, he, future bear. Saying it now. No, yeah, what if what if you guys draft a quarterback for real though? We can't. We don't have a first rounder. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Jordan, I wish. Jordan Jordan Love season. Don't worry. You guys will get the quarterback from Utah State next year. Elvis not Kel, uh, not Elvis, uh KJ Costello. Somebody in the second round. Yeah. 
You think we're taking the Cuban this Jake second round? Jake from... Jake. No! No, 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 no. <laughs> Not after Sunday, sir. No, don't even uh, mention Jake from the Bears. Spurs you know, that's, like Zach, that's like Zach Mettenberger to Titans all over again. Yo, how do you throw three, six, three, three picks to the same cornerback? Like... Shout out to the Gamecocks. Shout out to the Gamecocks. Yo, I should have took the money line on that. I just look at stuff where I'm like, man, if I would have just took that. I think it was like plus 5,000 on that game alone. Like, it's nuts. But anyways, uh, moving forward, we have the uh, L.A. Chargers at the Tennessee Titans. Tennessee Titans, of course, have just made the quarterback change. They're now going to start Ryan Tannehill. What an amazing, what not amazing, but like what an interesting career that Marcus Mariota's had so far, but anyways, uh, Jake, I'll let you start. I'm sorry, uh, I got off topic. I'm watching the Cardinals game and they just scored. So, uh, what was that? <laughs> what was Chargers that at the Titans. Ah, <laughs> oh, Chargers at the Titans. Uh, man, the Chargers. We did not expect the Chargers to be this poor this year. You know, coming off a great year last season, I don't think anyone expected you know them to be this bad. Um, coming off a thumping, an absolute embarrassment um, from you know. The Steelers. It really wasn't close. The score indicated it was, but it truly wasn't. Doug the Steelers dominated the that game. Uh, well, let's slow down a little bit now. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, nah, he he did he did everything he needed to. James Conner handled business. They shut down Keenan Allen. I mean, Mike Williams was the number one guy right there, really, besides Hunter Henry that even had any remotely good game there. Um, but yeah, no, the Titans. He just came off zero points, man. Zero points with your starting QB, and now you're throwing Tannehill into the fire and expecting him to just kind of get the job done, I think that's a lot to ask for. I'm going to think the Chargers will bounce back. Obviously, they didn't play well in the first half, but they did bounce back and showed who they are and who their identity was in the second half. So I'm going to have to roll with the Chargers. Dame? I'm going to take the Titans. And one thing I noticed with this Chargers game is that since Melvin Gordon has cut, gotten back, it's not his fault. I'm looking at the play calling, and – you still got Eckler coming in these games, and it's like they didn't try to run outside on us. And I know that maybe that says more about the Steelers' front, but clearly running up the gut wasn't working. And I just I, – I, I did not enjoy what I saw that offense. And the Titans still, they do have a good defense. It's the offense that's wasting, you know, anything the defense got good for them. And I'm not expecting much out of Tannehill. I figure this will be another game where Rivers has some turnovers, you know. Uh, give me the Titans in this one. Um, this is probably the most on the fence game that I that I have this week. But um, I'm gonna say the Titans as well. I think Tannehill's actually gonna throw the throw the ball to his receivers, opposed to Marcus Mariota being such a coward. But um, I, I think there will be some turnovers in this game. I think it's gonna be an ugly matchup. I really do. But I can see the Titans squeaking it out like like 17 to 14 or something weird. Like, I, I, I can see it. Uh, Chargers, they're just not a good team. I don't can say they're not a good team, but they're just so riddled with injuries. And, you know, like, is, is Anthony Lynn actually a, a good coach? I mean, I know last year they went 11 and 5, but. Like, and that's to the point that Jake made earlier is that the people, I saw this coming because you know what? I, you know, I, I I wrote about this earlier during the summer was that last year for the Chargers, given their history, especially this entire decade, last year was uh, an anomaly. That yeah. was not what you expect out of the Chargers. You're telling me they managed to survive a year without the, the bad luck health and, and, you know, just 
the the weird fuck shit that happens to their team. None of it happened last year, but look, it's been happening this year. Yeah. You can leave and just look at how they, the games have gone for them. Or even just, you know, Sunday goes a lot different if Anthony Lynn doesn't kick that field goal in the first half when it was already down with like 21, 24 to zero. If he goes for it on fourth down, not to say that he gets it, but at least, you know, if, if, if you take a chance and you do get it and you score a touchdown, suddenly that changes the game. And now everything looks different moving forward because the Steelers can't play the way they played the entire game. So, you know, that team is, they, I have a lot of questions. I had a lot of questions coming into the season. And my questions have basically been answered. Chargers ain't it. I don't think Anthony Lynn is it, you know. So, I saw it coming. I'm not going to lie. I did. Absolutely. Um, And our next matchup. Well, we got like three interesting matchups in a row. It's going to be great. So, rolls up sleeves. Uh, we have the Saints at the Bears. Jake, I'll let you start. What you laughing at? What's, what's so funny? <laughs> I'm just laughing, but go ahead. Okay, go ahead. That's, that's, that's funny. <laughs> oh, man. Well, as ex- you're funny. <laughs> as expected, Mitchell Trubisky is expected back this year. Or, I'm sorry, this year, this week. <clears throat> Hopefully this year. I mean, if not, we're screwed. Uh, this week against the Saints at home. Um, but the Bears' defense has definitely taken some beatings. Akeem Hicks is out. I mean, and then you look at the offense side of the ball. You got two down linemen. You know, you got Kyle Long out on IR now. Um, Taylor Gabriel is likely coming back from a concussion, so the offense looks to get a little healthier as far as the playmaking aspect. But, like, it's just – I don't want to upset Bears fans. Listen, I know. Like, this is – I'm a Bears fan through and through, but I'm also a realist and I have common sense. And the Saints are simply a very complete, dominant, like, NFL team at this moment. They're really good. Um, And the Bears are just really questionable. And, you know, their defense is good, but their offense is going to be led by Mitch Trubisky in his first year, or first week back in about, like, three weeks. So it's just one of those things where it's like, you don't know really what you're going to get from the Bears. Um, But you do know what you're going to get from the Saints. I know they haven't really faced a defense like you know, the Bears all year, but it's just one of those things, man. Um, I think the Saints have too much firepower, and they're just – they're a really good team, and I think the Saints will likely win on Sunday. Wait, you picked the Saints? Yeah. I'm not, I'm not I'm not. going to sit here and just pick my team just because they're my team. If they're, if, I'm, if they're not simply, like, you know, like a favorite team or if they, if they don't have, like, what it takes, I don't think I'm going to pick them. Like, obviously, I could be completely wrong, and I'm, I'd happily be wrong. Like, I would sit here and completely admit I was wrong and say that, no problem. But it's just a matter of picks on the line and money on the line. And, you know, like, I got to make the right pick at the end of the day. And the Saints are a really good team right now. I can definitely see the Bears winning because, you know, if you're going, you know, with the ebbs and flows of the league, the Bears coming off, you know, pretty shocking loss. The Saints are kind of due for a loss because they've been kind of running through teams unexpectedly. So I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears wins. But, like, as far as, like, picking goes, like, I would say the Saints. You know, I'm I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick second. Um, the Saints are due for a loss. and And I think it does happen. On Sunday, I actually have the the Bears winning this game. Please be right. Um, Reverse psychology. I pick against them and then they win. You see how that works? I pick the Broncos <laughs> and they win. Every time I picked against the Bears, they've won. So that's good. 
So, yeah, but I mean, Mitch is back, and you know, no matter what anybody says, Mitch is definitely the quarterback that should be back there, not Chase Daniel. No matter what anybody says. Thank you. It is. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think that defense is going to be motivated. They're coming off of buys, so I mean, they're going to have fresh legs and everything. Um, actually, um. Alvin Kamara is still dealing with the high ankle sprain. They said he's hopeful to play, but at the end of the day, I mean, if you're not 100%, like, you're not really going to be all that effective against that. Yeah, especially against that Bears defense. Yeah, so I think the running game is going to be limited. They're going to have – they're going to force Teddy Bridgewater to throw the ball, and I don't think he's going to throw the ball that well at Chicago. Um, I get the Saints are a well-coached team. They're a really good team, but – they're due for a loss. It just is what it is, and I think it's going to happen on Sunday. So, give me the Bears. Uh, I hope I you're would, right. I'm, I'm just not doing touching, reverse psychology. I'm not here. touching this game as far as, like, my parlay goes. But yeah, no, that's definitely a pretty iffy one for sure. <laughs> but, yeah, give me the Bears. Give me the Bears. I don't know if it would be called an upset either because the Bears are three-point favorites. So. What? Yeah. I'm about to say, well, well, well you know what? Shout Why? out to Reek. For, yeah, shout out to Reek for jumping in second because you honestly took everything I was about to say because I was going to say, look, when we go back to the, the 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 Bears and Broncos game, I think that was when we were speaking the games. Michael Kiss might have been on that episode. I uh, think it was either Michael yeah. or Brandon, one of the two. But I think it was I Brandon, that, yeah. It was one of the two, but I know that I picked the Bears to go in and beat the Broncos in mile high. And you know what? If you're telling me that I'm 1-0 – when Jake picks against his team and I take the opposite, I'm definitely going to do it again. It's a little theory <laughs> to see if that works. And that's what it is because now we might have a formula. So, I'll be wrong all day if the Bears win. I'll pick against the Bears every week if that means they're winning. I don't care. But no, but no I'll, I'll, I'll bullshit aside, though. I'm taking the Bears because even besides the fact that we all think the Saints are overdue for a loss, it's, it's more so the fact that this defense is going to be coming out like, all right, we, we got embarrassed. Luckily, it wasn't on national TV, but we got embarrassed in front of everybody. We got embarrassed in another country. And yep. so they're going to want to come out and make Teddy Bridgewater look like, you know, he's back in Minnesota. You know, they're going to try to – they're going to try to shut him down. And like you said, if, if, if Kamara's dealing with a high ankle sprain, which, once again, is the same thing that would uh, – uh, wasn't Saquon dealing with an ankle sprain himself? Or was it a dislocated ankle? It was one. I think it might have been an ankle sprain. But exactly. ankle sprains are nothing to play with, man. And so it's, it's going to be tough on them. And I, and I look forward to seeing – hey, Jake, do you think Kyle Fuller is going to match up with uh, uh, Michael Thomas? Or do you think um, he's just going to stick – or does he just stick to one side of the field? Um, that's kind of that's kind of interesting because Kyle Fuller usually does blank as their number one receiver, but at the same time they run a lot of zone, so it's mm-hmm. not really one of those things where he can kind of shadow. Obviously, like they'll switch him up and they'll you know in the coverage and they'll switch him up in the zone if Michael Thomas is you know tending to run those routes toward his area. But I mean, as far as like man coverage, I mean, I don't probably you probably won't see much of that. All right, bet. But yeah, I'm 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 definitely going to take I'm 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 take the Bears in this one. I'm looking just for. I'm I'm looking for one of those defensive efforts that reminds you that all right, the Bears are the best defense in the league, and if you don't think they're the best defense, then they're definitely top two. But they're definitely yeah. within that range. So I'm looking for one of those type of games from our next matchup is the Baltimore Ravens at the Seattle Seahawks. Dane, I'll start with you. 
Ooh, so I'm going to take the Ravens in this one. Ooh. And I think we're going to – and it's crazy because let's, – let's be real. Russell Wilson, who they're, – they're, what are they? Are they 5-1? Five 5-1, and one? Five five and one, one, yeah. right? All right, he has four fourth quarter comebacks, game-winning drives or whatever. And that – while that number sounds cool, um, just put the ball in Russell's hands at the end of the game. They also let you know they're not dominating anybody. They're not really kicking, you know, people's asses outside of the Cardinals, I believe. So I'm going to take the Ravens, and I'm actually going to tell you this, though. The Seahawks, uh, you know, front, they it's, – it's, it's slowly looking like it's coming together, but it hasn't, it hasn't hit yet. It just hasn't been hitting yet. Um, Clowney is not – I mean, and I'm not saying this in a bad way because he's actually still having a pretty damn good season, but Clowney got yeah. to get sacks, man. And so what's funny is, as athletic as Clowney is, I think this might actually be a better matchup for him trying to sack Lamar because Lamar is going to be moving around a lot, and Clowney is a freak athlete himself. He's, I'm not saying he's going to be able to – he's not stop at you know stop or start at the drop of a dime like Lamar can, but I think that will – honestly, that might be able to hurt him going up in the matchup against Clowney, though. But honestly, even outside of that, though, I look for the Ravens uh, – offensive line to really just kind of impose their will on the defense line. If they can win that battle in the trenches up front on um on offense, then I think it'll go a long way. I'm not sure if Marcus Peters will play this weekend, but he had been having a pretty good season his you know himself so far too outside of the Rams game. So uh give me the Ravens in this one though. I got the Ravens. Uh Jake um, I want you to go. I want you to go second. I'm gonna go last on this one. Wow, he's so paying paying attention to the Cardinals game. You're not slick. Oh but, no, no, uh, it's actually a commercial. I swear, you can turn okay. it on right now. <laughs> okay, but um, wow, I am I'm conflicted. Like I said, this is like three games back to well, the next one. But yeah, not gonna get into that yet. But um, really conflicted. Ah. Uh, I'm actually going to take the Ravens as well. Um, I, I think Marcus Peters, as much as people crack on him, and which is undeserved, which deservedly so, because there's times where he is literally burnt toast. But say what you want, he's actually had a pretty good game. He has he's had a pretty good season this year outside of, which is funny, this Seattle game, but. Um, He's actually played pretty, pretty well, and he's going to give this Ravens team a, a boost to the secondary. I think he is going to play because, I mean, you'll have three weeks – or, or I'm sorry, three days to get acclimated and and and, and they get caught up to speed. So I think he'll be more than, um, re- more than ready for the challenge on Sunday. But L- Lamar is going to be able to really make some plays on Sunday. Uh, like you said, the Seattle's – defensive front is definitely underperforming um that you it's it's a testament to how well coached that team is because to be fairly honest with you that secondary is really not good at all <laughs> and they're really only well besides clowny i would say they're only def- really good piece is bobby wagner so i mean ezekiel ansa he's still i don't know he's he's just a f- friend starter really He's not really doing much either. So what happened, uh, KJ Wright, man? He used yeah. to be really good. Like, they just—I don't know, man. Like 
I, I just don't know what the hap- what happened to that team in general. I know their record is good and all, but like, like just looking at them overall, like that team isn't like anything really special outside of Bobby Wagner, and then of course you have Russell Wilson at quarterback. But um, I do think there's going to be a high scoring affair because both secondaries are are really really spotty. Um, but I think Lamar and I think that running game is actually going to play really well. Um, and I think that's going to be the edge. I'm going to take the Ravens 31 to 28, actually. So, yeah, that's my pick. Uh, Jake? And yet again, Jake will stand alone. What is wrong with you, dude? Yet again, <laughs> I will stand alone. The lone wolf this week in week seven. I'm going to go with the Seahawks because I am not <laughs> going to falter or waver whatsoever in my Russell Wilson standing if you would russell wilson's been really good this year and i know baltimore has been pretty questionable on defense you know giving up a ton of points you know obviously their secondary is pretty bad marcus peters i don't really know if that's a good addition i think it can be i think you know it can be a wild card you know it it might be a nice addition but right now obviously you wouldn't probably think that's that's more of like an offloaded type of player um you know they lost kenny young kenny young was a nice little player um but regarding the game on Sunday, I just think Seattle is is playing really well. You know, like they came back against the Browns. I mean, obviously the Browns aren't like a crazy good team, but, you know, they were down like what, like 20 to 3, 20 to 6. And they came back and, you know, they fought and fought and they got that win. Like on the road, that's a really like that's the type of performance that can make or break your season. You know, like that can rally a team that builds your chemistry. That is the type of bond that your team wants to see like on the road coming back down multiple scores and you come back and win that game and you know further your you know your distance between like other nfc west teams obviously 49ers are sitting up top you know but that just put distance between you and the rams and the cardinals you know that's nice that's something that team looks forward to so uh, i think the seahawks are turning in the right direction right now and russell wilson's playing really good and the ravens you know kind of coming off a questionable game against cincinnati obviously because that's a divisional game i don't think we saw them at their best because you know, Cincinnati knows them pretty well and, you know, we'll game plan around Lamar Jackson despite Lamar Jackson still tearing him up. Um, but regardless, I think the Seahawks will come out victorious on Sunday. Okay. Oh, also, Chris Carson has played great re- uh, recently. Chris Carson had a pretty good last year. You know, he was coming into a pretty big year this year because obviously, you know, it was like, a, hey, is this going to be a consistent thing with this guy or is this going to be like a little one-off? And Chris Carson has proved that he's been pretty good this year and uh, has had a couple of uh, good back-to-back weeks. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And now. <laughs> is this, is this Sunday Night Football? You know, I, I, yes. I, 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 I've been waiting all episode for this. I really have. This might be a bloodbath. It might be a lot of venom in this particular segment. So we apologize for what's about to take place. Um, the next matchup, Sunday Night Football, Eagles at Cowboys. Jake, I'm going to start with you first. Because I wow. want to hear what... Yeah, I, I'm going to start with Jake first. And then I'm going <coughs> to go with Dane. And then I want to go last. So What an yeah. honor. <laughs> Eagles at Cowboys. Two three and three teams up top the NFC East. You have the Cowboys coming in with three straight losses to the last one was a very questionable one against the New York Jets. No one really saw it coming. Obviously, they were playing a little hobbled, you know, during the game, but there's still no real reason you can defeat the New York Jets on the road. That's just that's just bad. Um, so the Cowboys are definitely 
having to look themselves in the mirror at this moment and say, who are we? Because this defense, who was once thought to be a top five defense right up there with, you know, some of the best with young players like Smith and Jordan Lewis and Byron Jones and Leighton Vander Esch and Demarcus Lawrence. Like this team has not been the same. I haven't even heard Demarcus Lawrence or Leighton Vander Esch's name calls at any game this year. And I've watched several Cowboy games this year. Um, obviously they'll have a play or two there, but you know, as far as, you know, Leighton Vander Esch goes, he was the team's leading tackler last year. So Demarcus Lawrence coming off, you know, asking for this huge, huge contract saying he's one of the top defensive ends in the league and he's just not playing up to where he says he is. He's not playing up to his value. So it's very questionable with this Dallas team right now. Um, the Eagles, man, it's just, you don't really know with you what you get with the Eagles because, you know, this team. No, you do. The, you do. The one, well, you, but you, you don't know. You really don't because if you think about it, you know, this team come off a Super Bowl win. You know, and then they had a great year last year. You know, they made it to the postseason. They got close. You know, they had that game in New Orleans where it went off Alshon Jeffrey's hands. You know what happens? I get that. Like, this team isn't really bad. But th- to make no mistake, this defense is awful. <laughs> awful. It is bad. It is right up there with the Chiefs defense as far as being, like, terrible. Like, this defense is really, really, really poor. And regarding their secondary, most importantly. And for a team who likes to stretch the field like Dallas, this is not the type of matchup you want if you're an Eagles fan. You've got Amari Cooper. You've got Michael Gallup. You've got burners like Tavon Austin. You've got Zeke out of the backfield. Like, you've got Tony Pollard. You've got a lot of guys to worry about on that, you know, team. Obviously, I hear, it's a, guy, Prescott, I hear a guy that's missing form right now. I really do. <laughs> really? <laughs> because... Amari Cooper is not expected to play this game. Well, no, I'm saying they're from already, like they're, they're from a standpoint of like Eagles secondary. Like I'm saying, yeah, like yeah, from Eagles yeah. secondary, this is not the type of matchup you want on paper. Obviously, Amari Cooper is you know hurt with that quad injury, but it's one of those things where like you never really know because it's questionable. But I'm saying regardless, they've got a lot of weapons over there in Dallas that people could stretch the field. So. And regardless, it doesn't really matter of who Dallas has. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. Is gets beat by anyone. <laughs> like, I mean, they're getting beat by, like, Bush League players at this point. Like, they're just getting burnt. They're getting just uh, dusted, uh, destroyed. It's not it's, that terrible. <laughs> Stephon it, Diggs' three no, touchdowns man. were 20 yards well, Stephon Diggs is a really receiver. good receiver. He's all he did was receiver. run go routes. All well, he did was run. He ran straight. That's all he did. One was a miscommunication. The other one, yeah, he just got burnt. But at the end of the day. Aside from the point. It's, it's the not that bad. very it's, bad. It's very no. bad. The secondary They're secondary? That's yeah. what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. This is not the type of matchup for the secondary they want. Their defense isn't bad. They got some nice D linemen. They got some nice linebackers. Um, Zach Brown is no longer one of them. Thank you, guys. So, yeah. <laughs> yes, I think he got what he asked for. But, uh, yeah, no. uh, the secondary is not good by any means. But regarding Sunday night, um, it's one of those games where – Eagles-Cowboys is always close. It's always an interesting, fun game to watch. It's always on a Sunday night primetime spot. And it's just one of those games where everyone is familiar with. And I think it's going to come down to who protects the ball the most. And Dak Prescott hasn't been protecting the ball that great and, you know, has made pretty risky throws lately. And Carson Wentz has done a pretty good job of not turning the ball over. Obviously, you know, he had that one interception, but you can't really blame him on that one. I mean, it's just going to come down to who protects the ball well and who honestly i think it's who scores first whoever gets that first score on the board gets the momentum rolling and takes the pressure off their defense because these are two defenses that are struggling lately 
Um, so honestly, it's just a real close pick'em game. But I want to say that the Eagles will win on Sunday night because Carson. King. What was that? What a king! I love it. <laughs> because Carson Wentz is not playing bad this season. He's just, I mean, he's been down Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey for a couple games. He hasn't had his full weapons. The running back, you know, core has been, you know, in, out, in, out. It's not really like a fluent group right now. So I think Carson Wentz will have a good game because Dallas' defense is terribly, terribly, terribly just not full of, like, it, they're just not confident in themselves. Like, it's just, it doesn't look like Dallas' defense. Flying young superstars, like, this team is getting burnt by Sam Darnold. Are you kidding me? Like Aaron Rodgers, okay. Like, yeah, he, he owns them. That's the, his, you know, the Dallas Cowboys are, you know, his team. Like they own, I'm sorry, Aaron Rodgers owns Dallas every single year they play um, or when they play. But come on, like Darnold, Darnold is torching you up and you, and you have Carson Wentz coming to town now. So I, I, I don't know. I, I just think the Dallas is not trending in the right direction and their defense is very questionable with this and Amari Cooper might not play and Gallup is going to ask, be asked to step into that number one role, which I think he's capable of for one week, but I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, so give me the Eagles Sunday night. Give me the Eagles. It'll be a close one. Um, I'm thinking I'm thinking somewhere in like 28-24, something like that. Because it's certainly not going to be a defensive struggle. So. And now we have to hear Dane sigh. I mean, <laughs> I told you, I told you guys seven days ago who I was gonna pick. But just in case you're new here or you didn't hear it for whatever reason, because you don't follow us on Twitter underscore MCC Podcast or you haven't subscribed to the podcast on Apple or Spotify, I picked the Cowboys pretty confidently, and there was nothing that I saw this weekend that would have ultimately changed my mind because both teams lost, and Dane doesn't react with just one game. But mm-hmm. I'm sticking with the Cowboys. Three games, um, sir. Three games. No. No. Wait, 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 wait. Three in three a row, three. actually. Two, two, three, to clear the record up, three and three. Like I said, I'm not reacting to one game. And look, I, I, I've always been one of the, one of the people – who I like to I like to try to understand why people suck. All right, I like to try to understand why teams <laughs> what, suck. All right, and time? so what I can there's, there's context. You know, you know, you can give context to every situation. And look, Jake's been going hard on the Cowboys, and I keep telling you, you know, look, losing Sunday it is inexplicable, and you know, and it and it's, it really still speaks to the fact that. It still came down to a, 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 a two-point conversion where you're making all your wide receivers run hitch routes. And also, can we mention real quick, um, I'm pretty sure Cowboys fans will agree with this, Jason Witten is ruining your offense. If you want to talk about what problems are, you, you, the Cowboys don't throw to the middle of the field. You know why? Because that big slow man right there, he's probably not even getting there by the time Dak drops back. He's, he's stunning the offense. The, you know, Jarwin should be getting more snaps than him, and that's worth mentioning. But also, you know, like I said, let's hope you get one of your tackles back at least this weekend. You know, um, Amari Cooper's probably going to be out. Randall Cobb didn't play last week. Michael Gallup just came back from injury. So it's like 
they, things are in disarray. It's not just as simple as, ah, y'all only beat up on the, the Dolphins and the Redskins and people like that. You wasn't doing it against the real competition. <laughs> nah, you got to have some context with it, man. And look, the, the Eagles have been struggling too. Wait, wait, I, I don't know what Eagles team I'm going to get in. Cause like, and that's not to say we don't know what the Eagles are. I, I mean it in the sense of more so the coach. You know, I know you read earlier. Did you guys see Doug back? He he backtracked after basically guaranteeing a win. You yeah. know, he was he tried to say, "Yeah, we're going to go out there. We're going to win this game. We're going to sit at the top of the blah 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 blah." No, nah, I didn't guarantee a win, especially not in this league. No, nah, you, you you better not. But isn't, isn't that the type of attitude you want your coach to have? Like, you may not be cocky and like you know no. condescending Look. like that, but but you want to have your guys believe yeah. that you're going to go come, in come. and you're going to stomp that team down. Because that's a division rival. So, yeah, you don't want to be, like, cocky and you don't want to be, like, brash and say, hey, I'm going to guarantee a win. Because you never want to guarantee a win because any given Sunday is any given Sunday in the NFL. Anything can happen. But at the end of the day, you have to – this is a 3-3 three and three team against a 3-3 three and three team. Winner is first place in that division. you got to get your guys ready. You can't yeah. go in there. This Cowboys team is reeling. They are on their feet. This is the time to put a sword in their back right now early we, on in the season. Are we watching the same Eagles the team this season, though? Like, but that's what, what I'm what, saying. What? It doesn't really matter what team you're getting at the moment because at the end of the day they're three and three both teams are three and three so what you have to do is you have to hype this team up you have to understand that this game is so important and so integral going forward that you have to get your guys ready you have to get this team ready get the momentum get them rolling and get them confident to go into dallas and stomp them down because dallas is a team who has three losses in a row they're not getting you know they're not getting the same offensive input as they were um, you know, in weeks one through three, obviously they played the three worst teams in the NFL. That's not going to happen when you face better teams. But at the end of the day, there's two, three, and three teams that sit atop the NFC East. You got to go have confidence. You have to believe in your guys to go in there and get the job done. You know, well, shit, by that same logic, if I'm Jason Garrett, I'm going to tell these guys, look, everybody want to talk about us only beating up on bad teams. They beat the Packers. That's a big win. I'm not going to take it away from you. Well, but, the oh, Packers you, lost. You, you, I mean, yeah, no, I'm saying the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles beat the Packers. Yeah, oh, okay. I do, I, the, okay, you're saying Jason Garrett. The Eagles so beat the Packers. Saying. That's the only team with a winning record they've beat. Like, keep this in mind too. This and this is not. But they beat a team with the winning record. Has Has Dallas? Giants, no. Really, man, this ain't college, man. Skins, I don't no. care about style points, man. Look, you can look at a team, you can tell what's up with a team, and both of these teams are not what everybody thought they were coming into the season. And that's for different reasons. For different reasons, and look, Reek can give context to his team all he wants. I'm not trying to consider myself a Cowboy spokesperson, but darn it, that's America's team, and I get it. All right, I get it, and I kind of like them, and I don't care if people hold that against me. My team's in the AFC. I don't really care. But – I, I'm taking the Cowboys in this one. Look, they won three straight against the Eagles. Uh, and it's funny because Dak didn't finally start actually playing you guys actually well until last year. They were winning. They had won games against y'all before that, but it wasn't nearly because of him. But he started stepping up a little bit more. If he can cut back on the picks against y'all, which I'm I'm not sure. Are you guys even getting interceptions this year? I I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not that, sure. Catch an interception. Uh, yeah, I don't we know. got one last, last week. Uh, we got the one – well, we got two against Rodgers. Uh, we got two against the Jets, three against the Falcons. Uh, Jesus. And I don't think we got one against the Redskins, but 
so, game so y'all, it's either y'all catch the ball or y'all giving up eighty yard touchdowns. Like that's basically. crazy. But um, basically, yeah. Now, now give me. I'm, I, like I said, I'm I'm taking the Cowboys. This is going to be a big game for Dak. This is going to be um, look. This is going to be a big game for everybody. There's no doubt about that, though. But I I just. I'm pushing back against the Eagles, man. Look, my pops is an Eagles fan. One of my best friends is an Eagles fan. The guy I do a podcast with, Reek, Eagles fan. <laughs> I'm tired of y'all, man. Like, this is I don't hate the Eagles. Don't get me wrong because, look, I was still high on this team, and I'm still going to say, hey, they're probably going to um, – I'm not so sure about it, you know – uh, a wild card. I don't think this division is going to get two teams into the playoffs, though. But it's going to come down neck and neck for them. And don't be surprised if the Eagles still pull out a nine and seven record or something. But as far as this week goes, nah, they'll get their payback later in the season when um the Cowboys come to the link. But not 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 this weekend, nah. Hey, Rick. I just wanted to let you know, man. You know who's real and you know who's not. Listen, listen. Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, I've been prepared for this for a week I, cause, because I've known Jake is going to pick the Eagles. And well, how Dave did you know that? Was gonna, how did you know that, though? I just know. We, we got that connection. All right, all right. We, well, mean, next time, next time I'm not picking the Eagles. You, I don't but, care who the Eagles play next week. I'm not picking them now. I can't oh, be too predictable. Well, that's Eagles. But, but anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just knew it. I knew it. I said Jake was going to pick the Eagles. Dave was going to pick the Cowboys. Boom. So it's going to come down to me. So I've been practicing – not practicing, but I've been assuming this all week. Here's why I'm picking the Eagles. Well, for one, of course, it's my team. So Have you picked against the Eagles yet this year? I just got a question. Have you? No. Okay. Because will, they, you, will, will you ever? To be, honest with you, to be honest with you, there hasn't been a game in which I was like, oh, man, the Eagles are over overmatched. Like, there hasn't been a game where I felt like, oh, they're going to lose this game. This is even, like, necessarily speaking as a fan – but I know the potential that this team can be, so that's why I'm. I haven't picked against them so yet. If the Eagles played the Patriots next week, would you pick the Eagles? I don't know. Oh, pa- I don't know because that's, the, as, as great, that's disgusting. Listen, listen. As great as okay. the Patriots have been, they look beatable. I mean, you look at last week. Yeah, the final score indicated that, but that was also aided by a block, t- a block punt. Uh, okay, so all I'm multiple, really getting at is will multiple you ever turnovers. pick against the Eagles? Probably not. Oh, so hold on, check, check this out real quick, though. So hmm. you're, uh, if you guys can make it through, including including the Cowboys, if you can make it through your next five games, December is going to be beautiful for you guys to possibly make a postseason run. So lay it out real quick. Next five games. Of course, you're at the Cowboys. Yep. You're at the Bills. Yep. Then you got the Bears coming to town. That's going to be a fun week for you guys right there. I look Lost. forward to that. Mark, yeah, that you is a loss. Week. I'm not lying. You got a bye week. That's a massive W, right? But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, so you got a bye week after the Bears game. Then you got yep. the Patriots at yep. home. Yep. Then you got the Seahawks. Oh, yeah. And the then Patriots once you hit wild. December, okay. then once you hit December, that's when you got the Dolphins, the Giants, the Redskins, the Cowboys, and the Giants. So honestly, if you make it through the next month of football, there could be really green pastures on the other side in December for you. So, Actually, there, there, there is going to be a game in which I, I don't take the Eagles. I'm not saying what game, but there is going to be a game. But I can tell you right now, it's, it's not going to be the Patriots game. It's, it's going to be the Giants. <laughs> nope, not going to be the Giants either. Yeah, you yeah. got you guys know it, it'll be it'll it'll come sooner than you think. But um, here's here's why I'm taking the Eagles. 
the Cowboys are a team in which when it rains, it pours. And on top of that, Philadelphia isn't a team in which typically loses back-to-back games. Like, I know they did earlier this season, but that's literally not characteristic of the, of the Eagles. That's not what Doug Peterson has. And his team near here, I, I, you just typically don't see that from them. So, I mean, they're actually a really, really well-coached team. Um, we'll have a discussion about Jim Schwartz at another time, but that's nor here or there. But Dallas, on the other hand, is a team in which when they face adversity, they fall short. And you just look at this matchup, and Mari Cooper's not going to play. Um, you've had reporters already say that Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins really might not play in this game. And it's Tuesday. This is Tuesday night. So the fact that they're saying is this early is really alarming. And it doesn't seem like they're going to play as well. Tyrone Crawford just had surgery. He's out for the season. And that's already been a defensive line that hasn't really been performing up to where it should be. Not with that being said, the Eagles haven't done that as well. But given the fact that they're missing both of their offensive tackles, I definitely see the advantage going their way as far as on the defensive line. Um, as far as the secondary goes, we, we we all see it. They have their problems. But the fact that Amari Cooper's not going to play is definitely going to save <laughs> the Phillies some nightmares before having to play the Cowboys because, yes, Michael Gallup is good, and, yes, he's going to stretch the field, but I don't think they're necessarily as worried about him as they are Amari Cooper. That's just simply what it is. Um, I don't think they're worried about Jason Witten. We typically do pretty well against tight ends as well. So I, he, I, nobody was ever worried about Witten anyways. But um, that we'll man see how a, just a skeleton with some damn football pads. Yeah, like, he is so, he, 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 it, it makes me mad. It makes does, me mad. When look, I see look. him play football, I'm actually angry. He's so look, slow, I, man. Like if you guys just give me twenty field. seconds, just give me twenty seconds, real quick. Look here, jo- yes, Jason Witten, you stunk. At Monday Night Football. You, sir, have not been... I'm not going to say you've been a bad tight end because you clearly haven't. You still offer a little bit of value. But what are you doing to get paychecks? You, like I said, you're stunning your quarterback's growth in this offense this year. And honestly, what is with Cowboys fans talking about? Oh, he's a first ballot tight end. Or he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. What has he done in his career to show you that he's going to the Hall of Fame, much less first ballot? All right. When you think of the great tight ends of all time, when you think of Tony Gonzalez, you think of Grunk, you think of uh, uh, Shannon Sharp. Hell, you think of John Mackey. You think of Ozzie Newsom. I'm not thinking of Jason Witten. Oh, he got open for 12 yards and he got no run after catch yards. Like he doesn't. It's just he's just the product of being on America's team, the product of having that star on you, sir. You're not even the best tight end in your franchise history. Who was the dude that was on the um the 90s Cowboys, Jay Novacek, whatever it is. I think that was it, Jay Novacek. You're not better than him either. And it just pisses me off, man. It's just something about Witten that just ticks me off. And he was so bad at Monday Night Football. He stunk so bad that every time I listen to Booger talk, Booger reminds me of Jason Witten. That's how bad it is. That chair <laughs> in the Monday Night Football booth is stained. It is yeah. ruined. And honestly, I want them to wipe the slate clean with everybody. And you know what the Cowboys, when they get rid of the coach at the end of the year, get rid of Jason Witten too. And we can continue on with it, but he just pisses me off. It's just every time I look at his face, I just get thinking this this motherfucker right here. I just oh bothers me, but I'm sorry. It's just there's <laughs> a lot of cowboy slander on this episode. I'm really and like, I always go for the cowboys, but it's this is fuck him, man. Like go retire. 
All right, you run like a 5-3. I'm not sitting there saying I could beat you in the race because hell no, I couldn't. But I'm not the one out here trying to play professional football. You are, all right? You can't run up the seams anymore, sir. All right, you're going to run a little. And the fact that Dak threw to him on the game-winning play. Why? What is he going to do? What was he going to do? Look, you know what's funny? He It's not even that he ran his route yet. His his old ass was just right there, and the ball was just there. That's it. Let me turn around real quick and try to get the ball. No. No, man. Get off the team. Yo, I laughed so hard after that happened. I said, why Why did Dak do that? Like, why did he throw it in, even in this direction? Like, that, that was just not going to happen. But but back but back to this game yeah i'm not worried about Witten. um i'm 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 less worried about Gallup than i am Mark cooper of course and cooper's really not going to play that's the way it's looking i don't really believe he's going to play um Randall Cobb is going to be interesting i wonder what happens with him um i can see somebody like devin smith coming up and all of a sudden getting two touchdowns against the secondary for all i, I it can very well happen but i'm not really banking on it um, our secondary is terrible, but as bad as our secondary is, you can, I'm not saying Dallas, secondary is as bad, but they've had their struggles this year as well. Um, and one thing that nobody's paying attention to is the fact that Deshaun Jackson's coming back this week. And that's a big, 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 big boost for this offense. That's literally all we've needed. He hasn't played since week one and we've seen how explosive that offense can be in just one half against the Redskins, score 32, or not 32, but uh, score 25 points. So, I mean, that's this team, the sky's the limit as long as they have their deep threat, and Deshaun Jackson is definitely what this team has needed in every week since he's been out. Um, it's been very evident. Um, I feel like this is a team that you can also run against. I think this is going to be – I know Miles Sanders has had his fair share of, like, success in the passing game, but I, I think this is going to be a game in which – Jordan or um, well, even Jordan Howard, but uh, Miles Sanders will have success running the ball against them. Um, and then flipping it to the Dallas's running game. I mean, the one running back that we've always struggled against is Ezekiel Elliott. But I will say that I feel like we will limit him as far as like as, as long as he doesn't reach anywhere over 80 yards rushing, we should be fine. Um, Tony Pollard is probably going to be the running back that has success against us because we've always been good at stopping the starting running back. But whoever's the second running back coming in, for some reason, we've always struggled against them. We held, we held uh, Dalvin Cook to 41 rushing yards last week. But we held, like Madison had 61 rushing yards against us. So it's been stuff like that that's happened all the time. We In week one, we held Geis, but all of a sudden, like, Chris Thompson had a good game receiving. Like it, it's always been stuff like that against us. Um, but I, I do think that we can stop the run. And I do think that that offense is limited as long as Amari Cooper isn't playing. We've seen how inefficient that offense was when Amari Cooper wasn't playing. And them, that combined with the fact that they're missing their tackles, they're going to be missing their tackles. And the fact that Deshaun Jackson is coming back and the fact that their defense hasn't been up to par I, th- those are all reasons why I'm taking the Eagles in this game. So, those are all valid reasons too. But all I know is the NFC East is weird as hell, and oh, yeah. no matter what's on paper, none of that ever seems to matter yeah. at all. And so it's, it's really so no point in me trying to use logic to pick y'all's games. So I'm just gonna stick with what I said because I'd look like a real punk if I said the Cowboys were gonna win last week and didn't stand by it. 
So I'm gonna yeah. stand by it. You know. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, hey, it is what it is. I mean, I, I, I thought we were gonna beat the Vikings. <laughs> I, I didn't think it was gonna be like some type of blowout game, but I yeah, we so did I. And, yeah, Thanks. but it, it is what it is. It happens. Well, it should. It's, it's the underlying thing is that Kirk Cousins has always had success against the Eagles. I, I'll never understand that because, like, while I like Their secondary is ass. I, so. I love cracking jokes about Kirk Cousins, but the fact that he always looks good against us is it like it hinders like, like how well the jokes will hit because he's yeah. always done. He's like six and three against us, even dating back to the time when he was with the Redskins. Like, he typically doesn't struggle. I think he's had like. Somewhere around twenty touchdowns and, and like five interceptions, like it just is what it is. But yeah, we're not talking about Kirk Cousins right now because I'm upset. Fuck Zach Brown as well. But anyways, um, our last game, I don't think there's much. Well, maybe I don't know. Uh, we have the Patriots at the Jets on Monday night. Uh, Jake, I'll start with you. Ma'am, yeah. Well, I know the Jets got a nice little uh, feather in their cap victory on you know Sunday against the Cowboys. Sam Darnold looked pretty nice, but that's the Cowboys defense. This is the Patriots defense. The Patriots defense has had a lot more um I guess I don't even know what you want to say. Success. I mean obviously success, but they have more players. They're just more dominant than most defenses that they face. Um so I, I really don't think there's much to discuss. I mean it's the Jets. The Jets just aren't a complete team. The Patriots I mean have their numbers. They're just a better overall team. Uh just give me the Patriots in this one. Yeah, I don't have much of a reason to pick against the Patriots. I know Sam Darnold definitely looked like a not only a competent quarterback in Adam Gase's offense, though. He actually just – he looked much better than he did week one. It just looked right. So it's still not enough. It's still not enough. But it's worth mentioning, though, they're getting Chris Herndon back. And so that, no, that's no, going to give out. them – I believe he's out. He's, out, he's, he's still out. out. Yeah, thought, he's got I a hamstring that, injury. He'll be out for like a week or two, they said. Yeah, he was he, out last week. I thought this was the week he was No, no, he, he was he was out with suspension. No, no, yeah, no. Last week would have been his first week back. That was uh, he, yeah, he was he, out he the got, first four games. Hurt. Yeah, and then he yeah. got hurt with a hamstring injury earlier in practice uh, last week, I believe. And I think it said he'd keep out a game or two. Well, well that's uh, disappointing, man. But now, nah, either way, I still wasn't picking him. But whenever he does <laughs> get back, he'll be worth uh, he'll be worth seeing. He'll be worth seeing, though. But give me the Patriots. Yeah, I don't think there's really much to say. I know that they beat the Cowboys and all, but I, I don't really know what to say about that. I think they, that the Cowboys just felt flat. I don't think it's more of like, oh, yeah, the Jets are something like this great team because Sam Darnold is back. Like, yeah, having a competent starter helps, but I, that the Jets team is always going to be like really, really average, and they are always going to be like sons compared to the, the Patriots. So I, I expect list that it's doubtful, by the way. Doubtful for Sunday. Yeah. So. What does he have? Like a hamstring injury? Or yeah, something? he tweaked his hamstring in practice after yeah. his suspension was lifted. Wow, that's 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 nuts. But but yeah, um I think Robbie Anderson's gonna be held in check. I think the running game isn't gonna be all as successful, but yeah. Give 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 me the Patriots. I think they're gonna win over ten. So I would I would I would take that. Um being that I mean, I don't care if it's a road game. I'll, I'll still take that spread. Give me the Patriots. But that's that's the end of the picks. You know, it's funny because 
we said that we weren't going to have long episodes if we still had another long episode. So I think that's kind of... <laughs> I think that's just going to be the standard. It just is what it is. It's unavoidable, literally. It's, it's either that or we just pick... We just don't pick, like, certain games. Maybe we pick, like, eight out of the 12 to pick or something. Like, the more of the interesting ones to focus on. Because other than that, I mean... I don't know. Like some of these games, I don't really like, you know, have to like talk about like Titans chargers. Like, sure. We can like really go into analytics and stuff, but like, it, do we really want to talk about the chargers and Titans, you know, and you know, but the story for 10 minutes, the, probably not. The funny thing about that is, I mean, there were games that we just skipped right past and we still like, like we, we skipped like three or four games. Like yeah. we didn't skip them, but we hurry up and pick them. And we still are at this time marker. So, I mean, I, I just think kind of, it is what it is. So, um, I'm long winded, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can talk about football all day, so it just oh, is absolutely. what it is. So, yeah, it goes by that, quick. Really yeah, quick. It, it really does. It really does. But I mean, this is great time. It's great content. Anybody who complains about this, I don't know what to tell you. We put, yeah, I mean, we put obviously, the, like, we put the time markers up like for a reason. So, stuff, but yeah, you know, it's, yeah, if you actually listen to the whole podcast, like, it's full of great content, it's always full of discussion, debate, laughs. Like, it's always good. It's long, but it's not long and dragging and like you know, annoying where it's just like, oh, okay, who do you got? Like, you know, it's it's definitely yeah. something where you get like in detail and you know, we go in depth about all these matchups. So, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, but that'll wrap it up for episode 11. Um, we'll be back on Sunday. Almost said next week, but we'll be back mm-hmm. on Sunday. Sunday uh, night. Our seven recap. It's going to be a little toxic during that moment because the Eagles. Ooh, be- I can't wait for that. The Bears, Saints play, the Eagles, and the Cowboys. And then Dane, I don't know who the Steelers play. Oh, we're on a bye week, so I get there on the bye. Uh, wow! All right, else. so this should be an interesting. Me and Reek are going to be on a high octane. It's, like it's, 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 it's going to be it's interesting be because it's going to be interesting because either Jake is going to be really excited or really low after that game, and I'm mm-hmm. going to be extremely anxious for the game to start. Or while the game is on, I'm going to be like either what the fuck or yo. Just I'm so glad I'm not a football fan, man. I don't know how y'all do. <laughs> Right, but, hey, hey, but truth be told, though, truth be told, though, my mood coming into Sunday, it will be greatly impacted by South Carolina plays Florida. And much like last weekend where South Carolina pulled me in and they beat Georgia and I was so happy and then Steelers whooped the Chargers. I only got one team to look forward to today. And if they go out and embarrass me on national TV again, and that's all I keep saying, just don't embarrass me on national TV. Reek, I know you can relate to this. You don't want your team to go out there and embarrass you on national TV in front of all your Twitter friends, in front of your family and everything. In front Same of all the hoes. Like, that too. But I, have a girl. Yeah. I, I got a girl, so that don't matter. Going on the record and saying, uh, must be nice. <laughs> But yeah, man. Right, well, I mean, the moving to change relationship podcast comes eventually, but you know, we need to hear yeah. that. It comes after the draft podcast. That's once once but, the football. Yeah, once football ends, <laughs> we'll start getting into the love and the romance side of life. Nah. Yo, it's we, be a long off season. Whew. You know, it's funny because it it's still going to be great content throughout the entire off season, like the draft and the combine, all that stuff. It's, it's going to be great. So. Hey, I've already started working on my big boards, you guys, and so me too. Uh, we all gonna have too. to congregate on that too. You know, yeah, I, I can't share that. 
a little early for that, but no, it's definitely something. No, technically, is is really not that early no. for that because I put mean, it this way: football is really only like twelve games, and we're already. About to say, put it this way, Jake: it's too early to start worrying about the class of twenty twenty four quarterbacks coming out. It's not too early to start worrying about the draft in April, man. Because you know what? We, you gonna yeah. have people flocking to us, asking us questions all off season. Who should my team draft? Your mock draft sucks. This and that, but you know it. They're gonna be flocking to us, though. So, yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I, I think it'd be fun, actually. Uh, yeah, that's what we actually need to do. Uh, once season ends, I think we need to have a whole episode of one through thirty-two in our mock drafts. That'd be really. Oh yeah, fun. yeah, yeah. We're definitely gonna do that. Yeah, yeah like I said, that'd be really fun. Yeah, we we all have so many ideas like running through our heads. Oh man, like, that's why it, I love doing this every week because there's so many ideas that just come to forefront every single week. And like, just when I'm recording, like, oh, we should do this. Oh, we should. Like, I mean, we've already implemented so much like stuff into it from week one. You know, we brought the Pick'em League. You know, with the NFL Shop $150 gift card. You know, we got the 12 at 12 questions on every Tuesday. We you know we went from one episode to two episodes. Like, we're just growing and like you know changing on the fly. It's so cool. Yeah. So. We got a lot of good stuff coming up, but yeah, that'll that'll wrap it up for episode 11. We'll be back on Sunday, and we'll see you guys then. Peace. Yeah. Yes, sir. Bear down. <laughs>